0: Can you be quiet, please? Thank you.
1: Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud.
2: I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand.
1: Was that supposed
0: to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? you have having a freaking game.
1: Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All
3: right, welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a lovely Wednesday in Eastern North Carolina. Clip Brock here with you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us online, pr927fm.com, and also uh, watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can chime in with your comments, questions. What's on your mind here on this Wednesday? Pirates and BYU a couple of days away from kicking it off in Provo, Utah. Friday night game on the Deuce coming up at 8 o'clock. We will discuss that quite a bit today. Here from the coordinators, Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell. Also, uh, we will be having a lot of guests on today, including Stephen Igo from hoistthecolors.net. He will join us on the show. Uh, At 4 o'clock, Patrick Mason at 4.30. We'll visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles, coming up at 5 o'clock. And at 5.30, we'll talk to Ben Chase. You probably don't know who that is, or maybe you've been following his journey. He's attempting to attend 71 college football games this year. He's been to 34. He's going to uh, Washington State tomorrow night. He'll be at ECU BYU Friday. He'll be at Arizona and uh usc on saturday so trying to attend 70 college football uh different stadiums this year and uh we're going to talk to him about his journey what does he know about the pirates where the hell is he getting the funding to do this uh we got a lot of questions and uh we'll talk to him that should be fun coming up in hour number three shirley rhodes is here chan man is here willie smith former pirate great here as well willie how you doing today man I'm doing great, man. Uh, excited to talk about some pirate football today. Yes, sir. They gave us some uh, stuff to be excited about on Saturday night. Uh, two straight wins for East Carolina. Finally snapping a losing streak against UCF on Saturday night. And and really, Willie, when you look at it, a pretty dominant effort from East Carolina. Yeah, no, it, it was very impressive to see how we came out and um, played on all,
4: all sides of the ball. Um, offense was very strong. You know, the run was going um, Holton looked like a fifth-year senior. That you know, he looked really good out there. Um, passes with Chris and the routes that uh, receivers were running were great. On um, the defense, man, they they played very stout. And on um, special teams, man, they was really good. Just had the one missed uh,
3: field goal, but other than that, man, the the game looked really good. It really did. Yeah, and uh, had a lot of folks fired up. We need to play. Uh, are y'all tired of Justin and Newburn yet? I don't know if I can ever get tired of Justin and Newburn. Uh, I would love to hear uh, let Willie hear this call from the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter. So we were here. Let's see, the Memphis game, we wrapped up around 2 o'clock uh, this past week around 1.30, 1.40 in the morning. We were oh, here wow. taking calls, and uh, Pirate fans were jacked up after the victory. And uh, this was the call of the night, Willie, perhaps the call of the year. Uh, Justin in New Bern. Let's hear it, Shirley. All right, Justin's up next in New Bern. Hello, Justin. Hello,
2: It does warm my heart to watch us beat the crap out of them sorry SOBs from UCF. I ain't got to tell y'all this, but y'all know when Marcus Crandall got knocked out, it was a cheap shot, it was a dirty shot from UCF. So I do love to watch us beat UCF. If I'm not mistaken, this puts the all-time series at 11-9 to Pirates.
3: Eleven to ten. Uh, it, uh, it broke the tie. It broke yeah, the
2: tie. There we go. Last right year, eleven to ten. I hope we don't ever play them again. Send them on to the Big Twelve. I don't want nothing to do with them. I hope they got to live with this for the rest of eternity. And I hope that crappy little erected set, aluminum stadium they got rushed apart from all the tears from the UCF. Stadium. Because I'm so sick of UCM. All I want hear but don't let them fool you and think they're a good program. Let me tell you, in the last 20 years, they got just as many zero-win seasons as they do major bowl victories. I'm so sick of this bullcrap about this space U. Space U, yada, yada, yada. That space U method is made up as a national championship. They used to be the Citroen Knots. More like the Citrin not going to win the national title or the conference title or nothing this year. And don't let me forget about you, Gus Malzahn. You started the week talking about how you don't like East North Carolina barbecue. Well, you know what, Gus? You ain't nothing but a yellow head sucking dog. And next week, in Provo, Utah, BYU, we are coming for you. I'm going to slap every cougar on that mountain, and we're bringing all the vices to you. I'm bringing coffee, and I'm bringing Pepsi, and I'm bringing beer and tequila and whiskey and more tequila and more whiskey and more beer. And Mike Houston and the pirates are rolling in there and we're whooping some DYU tails. Go pirates. That's how you call them in Order. That's you how it's done. Do it. Just been in Newburner. No, what
3: time was that called? That was that was probably after midnight, I would imagine. Man, that guy was fired up, man. <laughs> he knew
4: the whole history of UCF football, didn't he? Wow, no nah, that that was that was pretty funny, man.
3: Uh he definitely don't like the knights man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we hadn't really talked about this, but uh to call a man a ye- yellow egg-sucking dog? Was that it? And, Willie, you've been in some battles on the field and, you know, probably said some things, heard it. Man, that's some uh, that's fighting words right there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what fighting What is a yellow egg-sucking dog? I don't think I've ever heard that one before. Uh, you, you don't know what it is, but it sounds
4: disrespectful, so we're speaking after that. <laughs> it sounds very disrespectful.
3: Uh, but that's uh, a bit of a, the taste of the other night, uh, Willie, as people were wow. fired up to get win number five on the year, one win away from bowl eligibility, and Pirates trying to go to a, play in a bowl game uh for the first time since 2014 of course uh went last year didn't get the game in with bc but uh man one win away from uh, being bowl eligible and uh hopefully playing in a bowl game this year
5: i looked up uh yellow egg sucking dog <clears throat> um i'm not sure but johnny cash does have a song called dirty old egg sucking dog
3: okay Maybe a uh, Johnny Cash throwback <laughs> reference there. Good stuff uh, from Justin in Newburn. Uh, but you're right. well uh, East Carolina, really got everything going uh, offensively the other night, and uh, you know it looks like now instead of running for two yards every first down play, we're starting to throw, and and instead of helping the making the run, set up the pass. We're kind of doing the opposite. The pass is now setting up some running lanes for this team. They're being aggressive and being the aggressor against the defense and then coming out slinging the ball. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I think Coach
4: K, uh, DK's been listening to this, this this show, man. I've been telling him all year, this is what we need to do. We need to spread it out, you know, get the, get the receivers involved early. That's what he did. And, you know, the run was going, and then it was firing on all cylinders, man. So I, it was really, really uh, impressive to see how the offense performed um, this past Saturday. And, you know, I, I expect to see the same thing going into this BYU game. You know, you definitely want to get the guys involved early on the road, to get everybody going and you know if, if you can do like they did in this game and control the time of possession especially in the away game that's going to be huge huge for you as well man so i, I want to see that this this coming friday man
3: uh running the ball six, just 16 carries for keaton mitchell but average 6.6 yards had the home run at the end to kind of seal it two touchdowns the fans really excited really about Marlin gunn as well 36 yards on the ground some tough yards he had numerous runs where you run into the pile right and well, the bodies stay up stay up and he kind of sneaks out for a, a tough three or four those are some extra yards right that, that matter at the end right right now that's that's definitely important to see um a young
4: guy like that get in there um run downhill you know keeping the shoulder pads down and um man you know like you said when, once you make contact and then you get another two three yards man that's all gravy right there and As an offensive lineman, man, when you see somebody running hard like that, man, you want to keep making holes for him because you know he's going to make something happen eventually. And um, I was also impressed with how well he pass protected. You know, he he was in there on a lot of the pass plays, man, and he
3: did a really good job picking up the the blitzes that was coming. Yeah, and uh, that's that's a good point, Will. We had uh, some calls and and comments on that. That's one of the things that's toughest for a a young running back, right? Like, you can have all the talent in the world, but I always hear coaches say if you can't protect uh, the quarterback and pass pro, you're you're not going to get in on a lot of plays. So for him to do that, kind of advanced for a a freshman, right? Yeah, I mean, that
4: lets you know that this guy has a a high football IQ, man, to be able to go in there and um, play on a big stage like that because that was a big game for us. And, and to be able to play with those guys, man, um, you know, because that's that's really hard. I, I remember when I was playing, like, you would go through all these different um, potential blitzes that you would have to pick up and the running backs would be back there and they'd be messing up in practice. And you're like, yeah. man, we don't know about this guy getting in the game. But obviously, man,
3: he he's definitely got a good handle on that. And Coach saying obviously did a good job getting them um, him ready for that. Willie Smith joining us. Uh, big day for C.J. Johnson. 11 for 140. Isaiah just kind of typically does what he does. 7 for 89. Ryan Jones had four catches. But Aylers was able to, able to spread it around. That's back-to-back games where he's uh, he's hitting on like 70% now. Willie, that's a great number for a quarterback. And, and yeah. most important thing, no turnovers, no picks. Right. Uh, that's huge, man. You think about just the turnover game in itself.
4: We had uh, we, we forced four turnovers for them, and then if you just don't turn the ball over, you're going to have a high chance of winning the game just for that alone. So that's definitely huge um, to reduce your turnovers. And um, you know, like you said, man, seeing those guys winstead, you know, he, he's been really solid for us. Johnson, man, he, he's he's made his plays, and um, I, I really want to see Holton continue to progress. You know, because. The hardest thing to do is play at a high level every single week, weekend and week out. And what I've seen up to this point with Houghton this season is he has some really good games, and then he have one or two games. Like, "Hey, like, dang, who is this guy on the field, you know? So what I want to see with him, man, is this: the last couple of games of the season is this man, show up, play like you did this past Saturday, and if
3: he plays like that, you know, we're going to have a chance to win every game. Willie Smith joining us. Uh, I am not an, an X's and O's guy. I watch the game. I follow the ball, see where it goes, and and comment on it. But it seems like when East Carolina faces a man to man, they have re- you know they have really been taking advantage of that with these big receivers. Uh, from what I understand, Tulane played some sort of zone and we're mixing coverages, things like that. Right. So I got to think <laughs> sooner or later these teams are going to see what worked against East Carolina and go to that, but. Do do you change what you do? Say for example, if BYU is a man-to-man team, do you change that because ECU is better against man-to-man, or or do you just try to do what you do best? You know what I'm saying? Like how much do you change up what you do well because the other team does a certain thing well?
4: Well, no, that's that's a really um, great question, and you know as. Whatever team you are, man, you have what you're what you're good at, what your, your base is. And, you know, if a team has a, you know, a zone team and that's the other team's weakness, and obviously you're going to lean heavily on that. Yeah. But if that team is a really good zone-beating team, then you're going to try to implement some kind of man coverages. You might start off in zone and then switch up to a man, or it might be a mix of the two um, in different scenarios. Um, but with ECU, if we're struggling against the zone, then I would imagine – you know, teams are going to try to implement more of those plays, um, you know, in coverages to to, to limit our,
3: our explosive plays that we're making. And, man, I, I hope they don't. I hope they stick with man. So All does right. Isaiah Winstead. So do these receivers. He said he likes that challenge man-to-man. And right. it's about holding, you know, putting it in a good spot, giving his guys a chance. And, Willie, that's something CJ, Isaiah, the guys did on Saturday night. They were making some plays for their QB. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was exciting to see,
4: man. They're making some great catches, and um, man, Houghton, man, I, I got to take my hat off to him, man. He he made some great throws, and uh, the receivers came up and made the plays when they needed to. There was some back shoulder throws and everything in the game, man. Um, so it was a it was a really impressive performance from all sides of it, man. From your receivers to your running backs to your quarterbacks, even the old line, man. Let's get the old line some love, man. They, they did
3: a really good job as well, no doubt. And uh, yeah, kudos to those guys. And uh, Willie, I thought about this watching football over the weekend. We've seen i've seen it my whole life where uh running backs get hit uh linemen will help him up quarterback gets hit of course two or three linemen will go over there help up the quarterback yeah who's helping you guys up <laughs> you gotta look out for yourself.
4: Yeah, you yeah, you're looking out for yourself, but typically, man, the other old lineman's picking you up too. Okay, man. good. I was,
3: I was like, hey, man, why, let's, why are we picking up these guys and not our old lineman buddies? come right, on let's, right. let's help But them
4: nah, out. you know what? That's a good point to bring up too, though. Um, when the runner back is running the ball down the field, you want to see majority of the old linemen over there helping him up because that means they, they they're running down the field, they're playing really hard, and you know everybody got a lot of energy. So you want to see that when you're watching the game. That's something to, you know for you that don't watch a lot of football that don't pay attention to those things.
3: That's something to look for in a game. Yeah, I like to see those guys fired up uh, after plays and I, li- I like those crucial situations. I think uh, one in, in mind: 2012 uh, Washington and they got to get a first down to end the game, and Alfred Morris runs it for like three or four tough yards, and all the O-linemen are like, you know, flexing first right. down. They don't get a chance to celebrate a lot, right? When <laughs> right. they get it in the end zone, sometimes the running back, did a running back ever give you the ball to spike or anything? You know what I'm saying? Like, I never got that you opportunity. You don't get a lot of man. glory out of it. you? <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, Willie, heading to BYU, one thing we've talked about this week is altitude. It was interesting to hear – Bryce Williams yesterday, uh, he played out at BYU in 2015, and said that altitude. He, he was never like short of oxygen or anything, but one thing he did notice was when um, he take a, a drink a sip of water on the sidelines, run in. He said, by the time you got to the huddle, you had cotton mouth. It was so dry, and yeah. said you 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 were never. He said he could never quench his thirst. He said that was an issue. So, did you ever play like out in Denver or anything in high altitude areas? What was that like for you?
4: Yeah, um, so I I did play in Denver. And, um, you know, so the thing is with that, you get tired – when you're first warming up you're like oh man why am I tired so fast like you, you feel that when you're warming up and then in that first quarter and the the game is really flying man you really feel it but after that first quarter you normally adjust okay. um, but yeah I, I did notice it you know I, I felt a little bit
3: more tired when I first got going kind of get used to it though as it yeah goes, yeah huh?
4: I, I would say by the second quarter man your
3: body has adjusted and you're ready to go at that point kind of a man a team that uh is looking for their identity right now in fact that's what uh, head coach Kalani Sataki said at his press conference they have lost three in a row they're four and four they were as high as number 15 maybe higher than that earlier this year in the polls and they play a national schedule a tough schedule Uh, But coming off three straight losses, Willie, to Notre Dame, Arkansas, and then last week went to Lynchburg, Virginia, and got housed by Liberty. That was a shocker. So that can go one of two ways, right? They can kind of pack it in and say this is a a lost season, or you kind of rise up, you you say let's end this losing streak. So interested to see that the first part of that game Friday night is going to be interesting, right? What kind of BYU team is going to show up? Yeah, no, that, that's that's a really good point there.
4: Um, you think about they they've played some good teams, so these not four losses from just trash teams, right? They, you know, you know you you're playing SEC schools, so there's very very talented teams that they're, they're playing, and you know, obviously the Liberty game, you know, that's the game that you know you think that they would win. Um, so yeah, going into this game, man, Friday. We don't want to give them no life, you know. We don't want to give them a you know big plays or you know make them start believing again because you know the team is down right now. I, I think I read that uh, two of the offensive players are down right now. So you know, A.C.U. needs to go out there, hit them in the mouth early, and just take the
3: win out of them early, and then you know I think it'd be a good game for us. Well, you can't speak to specifics with these players and injuries and, and bumps and bruises they're dealing with, but generally speaking how about nine straight games without a bye week i mean that that's pretty brutal on you right and ecu will finally get an off week next week but uh they are the uh, the walking wounded right now they, they got one more to go and they can uh, get a little time off yeah no nah, those guys are definitely feeling that man um you know i, I just remember
4: all the bangs and bruises that you get every week, especially as a lineman, man. You, you're getting hit every single play. You're hitting somebody every single play. So you're definitely feeling that week in and week out, man. So you you, you really do look forward to that off week, man, so your body can recover.
3: I know uh, you still want to stay in shape and, and all that, but is it just you're less physical, I guess, during that off week? Like, what do you remember about? Yeah, in off week, what I, I typically did was, you mean, it was a lot of ice bows, you know, doing
4: a little contrast with the hot tub, cold tub, um, stretching. And then, like you said, continuing to run to keep your body moving so you don't get out of seat. You, you'd be surprised how much you can get out of seat for not running a whole week so you know definitely stay moving and staying active but the main thing is to stretch rest your body and don't do anything crazy to, to jeopardize
3: you how, how how long did it take you to realize that Willie like in, in high school you're probably going out there just dominating everybody right And no, yeah. no big deal and then you get to the, the college level and you're like man everybody's good I gotta be in. T-. like was that tough when you were a freshman early on like uh, keeping up with what you're supposed to do off the field? Yeah, I mean, like you said, high school, man, you, you're the biggest
4: guy on the field, so it's hard for you to just have a hard time, right? But then you get to college, and there's a lot of big guys, a lot of strong guys, a lot of fast guys. And it's just constantly like, okay, man, you got to stay on top of every little thing. And yeah, as a freshman, man, you don't know what to do. You I mean you don't know how to eat, you don't know how to train. It's so much you got to learn as a freshman to really get you acclimated with the program and how things are in there. Uh, but I would say by your sophomore year, man, you have a pretty good idea of what you need to do, how much sleep you need to get, all of that little stuff that goes into making you a great athlete, great player
3: that comes into play. And uh, there's a term the the freshman wall, the rookie wall, you know. And we saw that with Ro although I think it was more about just him getting banged up uh, but because yeah. he had that great true freshman year, and then by the end, he was kind of worn down. It, it, was that a real thing, Willie, really, going from playing, what, eight high school games, maybe a few playoff games, to playing that full season? And then you get to the NFL level, it's even right. more games. So right. do you hit – are those walls a, a real thing for you? Yeah, no, that, that is a real thing. I mean,
4: part of it is physical. Like, you, you, your body's just hurting, you know, and every time you go out there, you just kind of got to push through that stuff. And then the other side of his mental is like, man, this is a long season. You know, it's it's good when you're winning because, all right, you got something to look forward to. But when you're losing, it really
3: freaking sucks, man. <laughs> it does. The win takes a little bit of the pain away, I guess. And the, right. The, the losing makes it hurt more. Right, right. Uh, Willie Smith joining us. East Carolina, a uh, three-point underdog at last check against BYU given the home team three points so basically kind of an even matchup. they are uh, speculating anyway out in Vegas uh, 8 o'clock ESPN 2 on a Friday night and I guess the last uh, Friday for regular season high school football so uh, you can go check that out uh, before East Carolina takes on uh, BYU Friday night uh, Willie former NFL player and I don't recall the NFL being this crazy week to week like Taylor Heineke outduels Aaron Rodgers. PJ Walker outduels Tom Brady. What, I mean, what's going on, man? What is man, happening? Uh, it's time for those guys to retire, man. Hang it up. Hang, hang it up, man. <laughs> Get out of there, man. <laughs> for sure. It is uh, just week to week. You just never, never know. Unless you're the Bills uh, right now and, and the Chiefs look really good, there's certain teams. Philadelphia is undefeated. But man there are no absolute zero gimmies uh, in the NFL week to week.
4: Yeah, no no, that's it's it's definitely uh, been a crazy season, man, and um I've been shocked at how good the Eagles are, man. I can't remember the last game i was watching but i was like man these, this team ain't for real you know and then i watched the game like "Man, these guys are good <laughs> you know so the eagles are
3: a really really good team man they're gonna be hard to beat this year very talented roster and if jalen hurts is playing that way uh not just running but throwing the football they are uh very very dangerous all right willie uh good stuff thanks for joining us man if people uh have some uh, real estate questions uh for you you're you're there to help them out right yeah, yeah. I mean, if you guys have
4: any questions about, you know, buying or selling real estate, give me a call. My cell is
3: 258-8168-258-8168. 258-8168. Pirates on the road Friday night. What's uh the Willie Smith official prediction?
4: Yeah, I'm going to go
3: uh I'm going to go 21-24 Pirates. All right. Lower scoring ish. Defense has been playing well. Yeah. Get 24 on the board and and win the game. Willie, thanks for joining us, man. Yes, sir. We'll check in with you next week. There is Willie Smith, former Pirate O-lineman, NFLer, joining us here to kick off Pirate Radio Live. We'll take a break. When we return, we'll get our upset picks for the week, our top 10 and top 25 teams that are going to lose. We'll update those standings. Uh, We'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, Blake Harrell, and talk a little bit about Menji's Madness going on tonight, 7 o'clock. And I'm a bit... I'm a bit sour. I'm a bit let down. Something magical was going to happen tonight, and that magic has been ripped away. We'll tell you about it when we return after this.
1: is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles plus offer service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington and Washington Chrysler Dodge Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip.
3: All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday. Let's get our Flight by Yingling practice report. The next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, available wherever beer is sold. Pirate practice done for the week. They'll uh hop on a big old jet plane and head off to Provo on Thursday. And uh game coming up on Friday night. But we'll uh we'll hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick Blake Harrell. Also, tonight, seven o'clock, Minji's Coliseum. It is Menji's Madness, an opportunity to see the men's and women's basketball teams. There will be contests. There will be games. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I uh, i was going to be a part of the festivities i was locked in ready to go i had received my invite i was asked uh you know what what event i would like to partake in and uh i was notified that uh i was going to be in the three-point contest so i started uh had the ball here and just getting getting a few practice shots up I hadn't shot on a 10-foot goal in a long time but was feeling good was feeling pretty confident and um then I got the the message from the powers that be that said uh, they're going to try to to just have all students, and they didn't want some old fogey out there raining threes on kids' heads, and uh, they ripped my dream apart from me. This is uh, something like, a little salty. It's like a make a well, Captain Bill. It's not really salt. It's more. I guess there is some salt in these tears. It's more sadness. It's uh, it's sadness more than anything. As somebody who has uh, been a Pirate Basketball fan foremost, supporter, but also educator amongst the the uh, people here in Eastern North Carolina talking about it, talking to coaches, talking to Cy Seymour, previewing games, doing watch-alongs. You cut me open, I bleed a combination of purple gold and orange and that orange is a big round basketball and uh I thought I was going to be out there tonight on that that sacred hardwood that is Minji's Coliseum but they ripped it away from me and not How just me good question Brian why would they do that I don't know I think there uh there's a conspiracy out there obviously where they don't want to see me shine, they don't want to see us shine. It's more about us than me. It's not. It's more about we than I.
5: There's it's, local politics, bud. There
3: definitely are local politics involved in this. And uh, this was going to be something we could all share tonight and have fun. The likely scenario is was going to be me underperforming, and there being videos out there and everybody having fun with it would have made some, for some great content. The other side of that is me going absolutely Dale Ellis bonkers. Dale Curry. Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf. And just hitting everything out there. And making great content. There was no loser here. But it turns out, I'm the loser. Because I'm going to be up in the stands, section 213, rotting away like the old person I am. And uh, I'm sad. I'm sad that I can't bring this to uh, to all of you tonight. So, there you have it. All right, moving along. We will be there tonight, 7 o'clock. Minji's Madness. Chandler, any thoughts? What, I haven't introduced you? I said your name at the beginning of the show. You've been introduced.
5: How you doing, Clip? Um... Why would you ask me that right now? <clears throat> I'm sorry that you're going through this. I was excited to be there tonight and video you, and selfishly create content on my Twitter page. But I was ve- I was looking forward to seeing Clip Brock. I've never seen him do physical activity, especially shooting a basketball. Now this is a guy here's a guy now here's a guy that balled out in middle school at ag cox scored two career
3: points hit a jumper from the elbow that was pure as the day is long
5: baller hooper hooper but now you talk about a backyard specialist a backyard like that's where i shine man and not on the hardwood, Jim Morrison, but on the grass, on the dirt.
3: Jim Morrison's a backdoor man. I'm a backyard man.
5: I was looking forward to seeing you succeed. You set the bar, you set the line at four and a half, and I said, Give me the over. Hey, Vegas, cash it in. Mm-hmm. Here's my money cash it in. I'm taking Clip Brock at least five three-pointers. Easy money. I'm taking that money and I'm going to bars like A.J. McMurphy's Tiebreakers and I'm celebrating. I'm drinking beers because of the success of Clip Brock. That was free money in my pocket Mm. and what your opportunity of making that happen was ripped away and my opportunity of making money off of Clip Brock has been ripped away. It's like they might as well have ripped it out of our chest. They might as as well have ripped it out of Clips Brock's chest like, and uh, slam it on the ground and stomp it out. Yep. They might as well have just done that. They might as well have just took my money out of my pocket and light it on fire right in front of me. Cause I was making money tonight. Clip Brock, 15 attempts. Easy. He's getting five po- He's getting five. He's hitting five. Mm. Are you kidding me? Man. And they said they must have sat down and said man
3: that damage, Are we
5: sure we want to do this
3: the damage i was going to do at the right wing like i might have missed all the three corners but when i got to that wing man that's when the buckets were going to start dropping you're right though chandler kano was a pretty lame character on mortal kombat in my opinion but one thing he did do put the hand right through the chest the arm through the chest pulled the heart out it was still pulsating that's what i feel like P- right now
5: pulsating and they just threw it on the throw it on the ground clip
3: lloyd lloyd christmas and dumb and Dumber takes the guy's heart out puts it in a uh goodie bag gives it to him that's me right now no heart no heart and i and i guess your dad guess your dad's right <laughs> this is yeah hey, uh, i told him he should go to minji's madness uh this past weekend he said nah, that's for young people that's for young, it's young like, people come on man they they like us old folks there, not! not not nope. I'm I'm I've aged out. I'm an old section two thirteen washed up,
5: yellow egg sucking dog. Dog. I'm a dog. Egg sucking dog. And this is what I t- and you don't have to listen to me, but this is what I say you do. I say you grab this basketball in there that we have here at the studio. You grab it and I don't care what you do, go out there, push the first contestant down Mm -hmm. and say, I'm here, baby. I'm in the house. You want to get rid of me? Good luck. And then pull up from straight away and knock it down and then run out of Minji's. And that is what you call madness. That's what you call Minji's madness. (laughs) We make our own madness
3: around here. All right. uh, (laughs) Good stuff, Chan, man. Uh, Josh says, I'll give you some money since Vegas won't, Chandler. All I ask in return is they keep cl- – the I don't know what he's trying to say.
5: All right, uh,
3: let's get to our upset picks. Mm. Last week, I went one and
5: one. Chandler went 0 for 0 and 2. Man, did that Syracuse uh, pick look really good for so long yep. until it didn't. Until it ripped your heart out. Until it ripped my heart out, slid it on the ground, and stomped on it.
3: CJ went 2-0. and 2-0? He took the easy route. No, he didn't. I'm just kidding. He did. Uh, he kind of did.
7: I did take the Alabama one, right? That's yeah. that's the easy route.
3: That's it. Oregon beating UCLA, uh, which I had that one happening too. Uh, so you're 10-6. and six. Chandler and I are 9-7. We're picking a top 10 team and a top 25 team to lose each Wednesday. So, CJ, uh, the ball, as hard as it is for me to say, is in your court. <laughs> take a shot. Because it sure as hell ain't in my court.
5: Take, take a three-point shot,
7: CJ. Do I get 15 opportunities? Just go. <laughs> um, let me see. I will take – I'm taking Ohio State to uh, beat Penn State. That one, silver platter. I don't think it's going to be too close. Um, so I'll take Penn State losing as my top 25 team.
3: While we're on the subject, Penn State is my top 25 pick to lose as well. Chandler, who is your top 25 team to lose?
5: Uh, man, I am going to go Ohio. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I tell you what, I know this is what's going on. Okay. Okay. UCF's mad. UCF's mad. They're back in that aluminum stadium of theirs. UCF fans are going to show up. They're going to be bouncing around in the bounce house. It's going to be loud. It's going to be annoying. It's an annoying sound. Like a bleacher's just, you know, being banged around.
2: It's it's
5: third down.
2: Cincinnati's
5: not going to know what to do. UCF they get they come to Greenville last week Lee Corso old Lee Corso's up there saying it's gonna be an awesome game day next week in Orlando sweetheart herb Street's like huh that's news to me yeah they ain't going to Orlando this week because the Pirates whoop their ass they're hungry they're mad they want to win not only do they want to bounce back win they want it at home they're getting that chance this week against the top 20 team in Cincinnati They're 20th in the country right now, 6-1 on the season. The only loss they have is against Arkansas. UCF's only loss is to Louisville and this team that I like to call East Carolina University. But they bounced back this week in front of their home crowd. They win the hearts back of their fans because their fans were upset last week, let me tell you. But they're going to be all right. It's going to be a lot like East Carolina losing to Tulane where our fans were upset Oh, it's a step back in the uh, it's a step back in the program. Boom! Very next week, we get a win. It's going to be the same for UCF. They get a win at home against Cincinnati in the bounce house in the aluminum full that is their stadium. Yes, sir, Mr. Brock. Uh,
3: you said as I go over my transcript here, you said they would be mad. Is that correct? Yes. You said they would be hungry. Is that correct? Yes. Um, You didn't bring up this little point that I think is very important. Will they be warm? Oh, yeah. Well, I like your pick, then.
5: No need to bring out the heaters this weekend because they're back at home in warm, sunny Florida. All Florida.
3: I like you putting them on the table. Good pick, Chandler. All right, CJ, top 10 team to lose on uh, Saturday or Thursday or Friday?
7: So here's the thing. I've heard everybody this week talking about how, oh, this is going to be a week slate for college football. Oh, a week's late. oh uh, next week is going to be when all the exciting matchups happen. Next week's the good week. There's no excitement this week. I hate this week. Oh, it all sucks. No, wrong. <laughs> Wake Forest is losing. Whoa! Wake Forest is losing wow. to Louisville. Hold up. Every week, somebody slips up and you never see it coming, mm. except for me. I see it coming. It's happening it
3: wow. wow you know cj why i like that pick because there's a little thing i like to call a look ahead Ooh-hoo-hoo. and wake forest is looking ahead to an in-state top 25 rivalry match against nc state as part of that oh next week's gonna be good that's one of the good games good matchups but wake forest loses this game that game loses some of its luster you say that, you say they lose to louisville they lose to louisville is that in the house that papa john built or in the yeah. house that uh tim duncan built
7: no no it's at louisville right. if it was flipped i probably wouldn't have picked it but i'm liking because of that
3: rabid wake forest fan base
7: that's true all 12 of them
3: all right uh my top 25 pick <laughs> they call it happy valley uh gonna be more sad valley in my opinion <laughs> Wait a minute. I already picked that one. My top ten pick to lose... (laughs) Uh, They call it Stillwater, or they're going to be running for their lives on Saturday. It's going to be called Running for Your Lives Water because Oklahoma State is losing to those purple people eaters from Manhattan, Kansas. New York City... No, Manhattan, Kansas. The K-State Wildcats are going to scratch and claw their way into a victory at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 330 on Fox. Mike Gundy, take your mullet. (laughs) I'm a man. Take your man. I'm 52. You're 40. Whatever you are, get on back down the road because we don't like your kind here in Manhattan, Kansas. K-State, a home favorite in the game over number 9 Oklahoma State. I will take the Wildcats, coming off a loss, mind you, Mm. against TCU. I will take uh, K-State to beat Oklahoma State. Chandler.
5: Here I go again. (laughs) Here I go again, folks. (laughs) Last week I was laughed at. Previously... (laughs) To that Where I you? was I was laughed at Where because you? I because I started to play this little song that I like to call Rocky Top. What a win for the Vols that day! And I said, you know what? I'm going to bring the boys out. I'm going to put them on the table again. <laughs> with Syracuse going on the road to Clemson felt very good. With Dino Babers' ball club going to Clemson, and you know a guy in DJ Oogalalele who they actually benched. What about this freshman for Clemson? He's going to win them some ball games. Stanley Kubrick. Whatever. Kubrick. That one looked good. It almost looked like two straight weeks where Chandler Honeycutt puts the boys on the table and it pays off for him. Now people probably go, "No way he does that again." He lost last week. I heard it a lot of them. people saying that. this Yeah, league, some pe- I, and I heard uh, I was in food line the other day and I yeah. heard people talking about it and I was like, "Hey guys, you wait till this week." because people probably think Chandler's no way. around
3: two cantaloupes.
5: No way he takes. No way he takes the boys, takes them out again and says, "Let's ride." But I am. Y'all say it with me. We are, we are Penn State. State.
7: We are Penn State. We are Penn State.
5: Ohio State goes on the road. At Penn State. I love Penn State at home here. And you probably are thinking I'm crazy. Yes, I'm crazy. Because it's probably not going to happen. But the past two weeks, are you kidding me? That feeling that I have felt watching these games? There's nothing. There is no wager on these upset picks this year. But the feeling that I get laying the boys out on the table and putting that risk out there making myself look like not a sports guy and having the chance to win there this is the how end. you become this is how you become a man in life this is how you become a sports guy this, this is, is how, how you what become sealed a sports the deal guy. for you
3: earlier this year
5: I like this matchup now the spread in Vegas does it because I believe Ohio State is 15 and a half point favorites here on the road Penn State could pull the upset here I think they do we are Penn State give me the knitlynitley Nittany Lions mm, boy. at home. It's going to probably be a out. Pom-poms going everywhere. Gus Johnson. I can just see it right now. All the Panther fans want CJ Stroud. He's going to struggle in this game and all these crazy people are going to go, oh my god. Oh, oh. He's going to have this one bad game and it's going to be this week at Death Valley. Happy Valley. That Happy Valley, sorry. <laughs> Get your valley straight. Sorry, wrong valley. I had I was in Death Valley last week. Right, yeah. Come back. Ha- hey, was in Death Valley last week. I was upset because Syracuse lost, but now I'm happy because I have faith he's Happy, have a long if you feel like I knew it about a boom. Now I'm happy in Happy Valley. Give me Penn State over Ohio State. Wow. All right. The pick is in did i really just do that oh yes i did did he do it
3: again folks or did he do it again he done did it again and it's not oops i did it again you did it again on purpose
5: what is britney doing with her life
3: britney who spears <laughs> let's take a break we'll come back uh and really get into the flight by yingling practice report brought to you by flight by yingling we'll hear from old well mm-hmm. well donny k when well. we return Maybe a little Blake Harrell as well. When we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday, crank it up!
1: You're listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Find yourself having anxiety or in need of some extra sleep support? Well, Hemp Garden is your premium CBD retailer in eastern North Carolina, and they have a variety of Delta 8 and Delta 9 products that can assist with those issues if you're unable to stop by the store don't worry, give them a call today at 413-6100 for a consultation and they'll ship right to your door Hemp Garden, located at 3040 South Evans Street in the Target Shopping Center in Greenville now let's head back in to PRL, here's Cliff
3: back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a Wednesday Pirate says I think they should let you go first, just so you can show everybody how it's done he might be talking
5: about you in the three-point contest which Which i'm not not doing
3: which got ripped away from my Got ripped away not cold dead hands my hot hands living warm hands or he might have been talking about you going first in the uh picks because you show us how it's done uh josh and now i know what josh was trying to say autocorrect got him chandler he'll give you some money since vegas won't all he asking is in return is your jeep wow he is still on the Jeep. Wow. How where is Jesse? Let's get a Jesse update. Jesse Jesse update.
5: Jesse is pew, pew. in the shop. Still. Jesse Jesse's uh, doctors told me last night they wanted to keep her overnight. Said she should be able to be discharged today, still not have heard from the doctors. Have not heard from the doctors. So Jesse's Jesse's still laid up in the hospital bed. No update. Could you imagine? having your significant other in the hospital and they're not giving you any updates can you visit her do you want to go I, see her after how, the show how can i get there huh? i know a little blue <laughs> oh yes you do yes i do too but we can't we got to get the ninjis, <laughs> baby if, if, if my old girl jesse the jeep is not ready by the end of the show then hey sorry baby doll I got Minji's madness to go see. I would be a lot more excited if Clip Brock was in the three-point contest. But I'm still going because I want to see these new Pirates.
3: Steve uh, says, I challenge Clipper to a shootout. Ah, here we go. All right, get your guns out. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry wants some of the... He wants some of this. Some of the righty now, huh?
5: All right, whenever you want it. Did you ever have the mini goals when you were younger? (laughs) Mini basketball goals? Are you a sports guy? And do, you, well, for, I, I consider, do you consider I, me a sports guy
3: yeah did i have a mini goal Qu- better question how many of those did i go through how many of those did i break and before i could get a new one from my parents i had to put hangers together duct tape them or electrical tape whatever we had to make a mini goal until i could get my
5: next mini goal gosh see ecu athletics this is the guy that you ripped out of the three-point contest. A guy that was an innovator as a young child. As a kid, I'm out in my driveway shooting. If I'm staying at my
3: grandparents, my parents uh, are are off, are gone for a couple hours. I'm at my grandparents' house. I'm at their neighbor's house getting up jumpers. Wow.
5: Just trespassing. I'm A man my... that was
3: trespassing. No. Daylight watching me
5: rain three so
3: much, they allowed me to go in their driveway and shoot. So they put on the a
5: display. So the neighbors that like the neighbors would say the husband would say hey hey uh hey hey, Melissa hey uh, Clips out here shooting basketball again.
3: They were the Heath's. They were great people. They took me to my first Braves game. Oh wow! In the early nineties, cool neat story. Thank you. I saw Fulton County Stadium, unlike Shirley Rose. All right, who cares? Nobody. So let's get to our Flight by Yingling practice report brought to you by Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling available wherever beer is sold. Uh, Shirley, let's hear from East Carolina offensive coordinator, Donnie Kirkpatrick.
8: You've been out to Provo before. I
3: have,
9: yeah.
10: Uh, what was the crowd and atmosphere like? They have a good atmosphere. They'll It'll be packed, yeah. Uh, They support their team there. They've been good for a long time. It's a national, you know, brand product and uh, good student section. And, uh, you know, Friday night games, I think, is kind of their deal. Uh, The night games, they kind of live for those. And they've always played a lot of Friday night games. I don't know if that has anything to do with uh, the school or or, or whatever, but I know they always have a lot of Friday night games and it's always packed. So uh, they're really nice to you when you get there, and then they get really rowdy. Uh, as the game gets going on because they want to win so it's a it's a good it's a good atmosphere for football how
11: do you all simulate that as best as possible just the music or- well
10: we play uh bon jovi music till we can't hardly stand it anymore you know what i'm saying uh at, every day out there at practice and it's really loud and it was extra loud this week especially today uh it was bumping pretty good out there so uh you know that's probably the the, the biggest thing is you just kind of practice in that we're a hand signal, you know, you've got all those type things anyhow, you, you know, and we're a, basically a silent count anyhow with our with our cadence, so I don't think it'll bother us very much. Have y'all talked about the elevation any this week, Don? No, uh, we had not I think the elevation out there is probably just like what it is in the western part of North Carolina, a little bit like that too, so I don't think it's going to be a factor. I think that's something that they probably promote. They want you to think that. I know I spent some time obviously in Boone coaching at Appalachian State, and we put every... Wall had a sign up about the elevation and all that stuff, you know, especially in the visitor's dressing room, which was a site job, you know, and it worked to some extent. But uh, having played there one time, I'm obviously not an expert, but I don't remember anybody ever mentioning anything about, you know, the air being too thin to breathe, breathe or anything like that, so, yeah.
11: How proud were you of just the offense against UCF, taking advantage of a, a good defense and getting some one-on-one matches and winning
10: those? Well, yeah, you know, when you, when you, when you have a good game, you always you always feel good, you know. The winning's the main thing, though. We, we always try to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's to win the game. And, you know, we've, I tell the offense every week, you know, not to put pressure on them, but just to state the facts because that's kind of my job. We've played really, really good five times this year, and you see what's happened. And then I thought we played pretty good in the first game, you know, against a really good defense, which has proven to be a pretty good defense as the year's gone on up there. But I thought we played good enough to win the game. Uh, but with five games, we've lit it up now. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, last week we had, if you don't count the kneel down, which was one play, eight possessions. We scored six of them. We did try to clang one off the goalpost again just to see if we could do it. And I guess we could. So we didn't ever punted one time. So, yeah, you feel good about that. Now, when you come back in and you look at it, there's still a lot of things you got to correct. It's just more fun to correct them, you know, when when you've had a win like that. But it was a it was a great team victory. They are a good team. I'm sure they'll prove to be a good team too. College game right now is getting to the point where it's just just hard to to play your best every week, and there's just so many other good teams. There's really not a lot of any bad teams anymore, you know. The team at the bottom of your leg can go and almost beat the top team anymore, you know, and sometimes they do. So, uh, but it was good. Yeah, we felt good about that. Uh, you don't get to enjoy it long. Uh, you know, you get home at midnight or whatever it is, and, you know, you stay up as long as you can to try to enjoy it because you, the next day you come in, and you put the film on, and there's 25, 26 year old grown men that are huge, you know, that you're getting ready to go play against, and it's a proud program it's a national like I say it's a national program it's a program that was ranked 12th in the country not that long ago now they've had a ton of injuries they have had a ton of injuries and uh, you know probably they'll all be back this week it's probably the way you have to prepare for that but uh, I know they're going to respond so it'll be a it'll be a great challenge but it's what you do it's why you do this because you like that
8: do you feel like you guys unlocked anything on offense or is, is every game just sort of
3: its own little world
10: well I think yeah I think we're getting better. You know what I'm saying? Which is the key, is that you have to keep getting better or because other teams will get better. The team that just stays the same, you know, obviously is getting worse, really. So uh, I think that we're, we're hitting on a lot of cylinders. I think there's a lot of guys playing well. I think they're playing with some confidence. You know, the week before, like I'd said, I, I really didn't realize we were down 17 to nothing I because I wasn't focused on that. I guess I had preached to them Quit looking at the scoreboard. It doesn't matter. You have to play the next play. And I guess they did a little bit of that. I know I did it, I guess. But uh, what's good is now we've we've gotten ahead and we've kept the lead throughout a whole game. You know, we did that at South Florida. You know, uh, we're behind. We've come back. Those are the things that make you better is when your team just starts believing momentum's always coming our way. Okay? Then when you got the momentum, pedal to the metal. When you don't, we got to get the brakes on it. You got to get it reversed. Somebody's got to make a play. You got to stay excited about it. And uh, that's kind of what we're doing right now. So, yeah.
3: Donnie Kirkpatrick, East Carolina offensive coordinator. We've got more from Donnie Kay. We've got Blake Harrell and Mike Houston's comments from Tuesday. Everything pushed up a day this week because of pirate football on a Friday night, East Carolina. And BYU. We'll break it down with Steven Igo, hoist the colors when we return. Hour two of Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Gotten cloudy all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't bring a jacket. <laughs> we'll be back with you after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is A.J. McMurphy's. A.J.'s has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio perfect for some outdoor dining. And there's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ says live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip.
3: All right. uh, Finishing up some trivia for tonight and uh, just came across a really cool neat stat. Oh, uh, neat stat. I can't say but I'll tell it to you to remind me tomorrow to give you this cool neat stat because I'm going to ask you tonight to Trivia and we have some competitors here and competitors listening so I don't want to spill the beans as they say Steven I go hoist the colors joining us I go I like that shirt oh by the way did you upload that Shirley the uh... We've, the song is back no no no, no 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 I'm just kidding
10: but I do like that shirt I go looks good that's all it that matters <laughs>
3: Okay. i didn't i'd forgotten we loaded that clip but i do like the shirt and i go looks good that's all that, matters. Looks good. That's all that matters why uh, did donnie uh say that yesterday well
11: i think uh jenny made the
3: comment he he needs to get a haircut and oh dear and then he responded with that i go looks good that's all that matters and if you need a haircut you can go to Igo's house his wife will cut it for you for a small fit. Let's,
11: let's not get started on your opinions on hairdressers because <laughs> uh Erica might come in and kill you. I know.
3: Love
5: Erica.
11: Love your shirt too, by the way. Good shirt. And Chandler, nice shirt as well. Chandler looks good. All ah, nice. well,
5: that's a whale. <laughs> I'd say he's ugly, but it, his mama might be listening.
3: I do like that shirt. Thank you. Kind of Raiders-ish a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, man. Uh, yeah, man. The Raiders got me this, man. <laughs> kind of like Tom Cable. Thank you, <laughs> That's great. He kind of does. <laughs> he looks him? like Tom Cable. You could be Cable's boy. Hey, are you Tom Cable's boy? I hope. They... You don't have Tom Cable. Laying <laughs> some cable. Oh my God! <laughs> Y'all both have those big uh, chipmunk cheeks. You got them Cable um, cheeks, buddy. I got the I got the Cable cheeks.
11: <laughs> now you need to do your Tom Cable impression in the break and figure out how to do it.
5: I don't even. I don't know how he sounds.
3: Tom Cable, former.
5: He sounds uh, exactly go. how
3: he looks. Yeah, true. Steven pirates cougars let's uh let's talk a little ucf i you look at this stuff um pirates cougars let's talk a little ucf yep (laughs) i've been saying uh this week that it seemed to me the pirates had a lot of coverage sacks on saturday night did you see the blitz numbers uh how accurate am i when i say that how accurate are you? And saying they didn't coverage blitz sacks. a ton. Yeah. Got they, some coverage sacks.
11: Mainly coverage sacks because you don't want to – they blitzed a little bit, but you don't want to blitz a guy like Pumley because then if he escapes the pocket, you're just asking him to either A, run it, or B, leave your guys in conflict. So what they did mainly was play zone and rush three or four. There were times they would add on, but then like there was a play where Miles Berry blitzed the middle. He was kind of stoned, and then he, he wrapped back around. And kind of did like a contain play, you know, the old QB contain on Madden, where like your guys go sit
3: up upfield. Like he almost pulled one of those on the stunt, and then Plummy basically rolled right into it. So and he drilled him. And Miles, I, I wanted to ask Miles about that yeah. play because he he had a full head of steam yeah. going after him. And it's rare you get a shot like that on a on a
11: really athletic quarterback. So um, they just they played a really sound game. I mean, the only bust they had was on the first drive and. That's the crazy thing about football, man. If if UCF completes that pass right before the Jowell-Wilson pick, how different is that game? Because that's probably a touchdown. Mm, yeah. Changes momentum. Changes everything. And instead ECU goes on to get the pick, they go up 17 nothing. Can I
3: say something about a family member of yours? Or should I not? I don't care. You said kind of stoned. And you know I love <laughs> wordplay. And, right. and, you know oh I know. and i was gonna say speaking of kind of stone i saw uh your brother today <laughs> he went to an iron maiden concert last night i saw How cool. i'm kind of mad that he didn't invite me yeah y'all yeah. go to some cool shows man i know i go. iron and I, i'm not even i could name an iron maiden song to be honest with you i'm not an iron maiden guy but it'd be sick to see iron wow Li- he showed me a video yep. of it it looked awesome they do a lot of stage work they had a plane come down he was telling me about some like giant yeti thing and some guy shot him with an american flag gun <laughs> <Good> Gosh! <laughs> and i was like it sounds like a hell of a show so anyway i would imagine iron maiden puts on a hell of a show yeah all right um coming off the uh the win over uc how about a uh how are we looking injury wise i go this will be the ninth game without a bye 75 percent of the season without a bye yeah so who uh jalen johnson did he he got in the game last week Got in the game, but basically got reaggravated. So,
11: Man. I kind of lean towards him. I would doubt he would play. If he's playing this Friday, then it's very lightly. But you almost would just sit him two weeks and yeah. see if he responds. Emmanuel Hickman, same deal. He's missed a couple weeks now. I kind of expect him to miss this week in the bye. But I don't have any confirmation on that. Uh, Shane Calhoun could be back this week. He's been limited the past few games and then sat out UCF. And so I think there's a chance he could be back. But when, when he was out, uh, the proven commodity, Aaron Jarman got, I think, 20-plus snaps each of the past two weeks. By the way, top 10 uh, highest graded player of the week, Aaron Jarman, proven commodity. When wow. You, when you give him snaps, he blocks. That's what he does. A year and four months to bring out that. <laughs> way to go. Um, and so he <laughs> he could see another pivotal role against the Brigham Young Cougars. And no, and, and
3: who was the coach? Who's his position coach, I go? Luttrell Scott. Was it Latrell? It was an offensive coach. Um, I don't recall who it was. Maybe it was even Donnie Kay, who was like, Hey, let's uh it might have been Latrell Scott, but like let's give him some props here, like for what he does day in, day out, game in, game out. So ETA's Ryan Jones teams as well. Yeah, is easy to highlight with what he does athletically. Shane Calhoun's found the end zone, got some catches this year, but the proven commodity, Aaron Jarman doing the dirty work he's just he's blocking at a high level which is what he does <laughs> he is, I mean, it's, proven. it's what he does I mean, it's proven the proof is in the pudding i think he's
11: got one target this year he's got one catch so you know 100 percent catch rate um uh, so he's doing his job he's proven <laughs> is he uh, eligible for another year i think
3: he is but i i from talking with people i think he is kind of ready to move on and that leads me into adam's point on facebook live were you gonna say that mm-hmm. good job buddy adam said i was looking at the depth chart for this week something i noticed is how many players could be coming back next year maybe only six or seven seniors or starters wow wow but you got to factor in guys that are ready to move on maybe things like that but uh like a
5: proven commodity like aaron jarman this
3: might be a good bye week stuff for you Iga. not to give you more work but like looking at like hey depth chart week one michigan next year you know
11: I mean, that's the thing is we haven't really had a chance to sit back and and even I, like who I follow the roster as much as possible, like looking at some of the freshmen, what their redshirt status is. I've been noticing guys have been playing in a couple games here or there on special teams. You know, do they still have a shot to redshirt as freshmen? Or you you got some true sophomores who are in that boat. They're trying to redshirt a defensive lineman or two to kind of space that class out because there's like 18 sophomore defensive linemen. Um, So... That's something I'm going to dive into during the open date when I get some some off time for sure, along with, you know, kind of projecting to me the biggest question mark next year at least on paper, and it's kind of the same as it was going into this year is, is wide receiver, because you're going to lose Winstead. you you know what is C J Johnson going to do? He's played now four years of college football, and this is something we can talk about later in the season. But you know, does he look at going pro? What does Keaton Mitchell do? Uh, Jalen Johnson's got another year of eligibility beyond this one as well. But really, they're not playing any other receivers. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a question mark in terms of the depth that receiver. And then offensive line-wise, you know, you, you lost Bailey Malovic, who was your projected tackle. He kind of just leaves the program. And then you brought in some transfers. How are those younger guys developing behind them? Are they going to be ready to step into starting roles next year or are you going to have to go out again and find more transfers to plug and play.
3: Kind of reminds me of last year with the running backs. Like We kept saying, you know, you need more than two running backs. Well, we didn't. We had Keaton and Rajay doing all the work. This year you go into it, well, you're going to need more than three receivers. Well, yeah. you haven't really because Winstead and, uh, and man, CJ, nobody thought we would get this from CJ, not just production, but his stability there as yeah. a wide receiver.
11: He's been huge. And, I mean, and two, the, the thing that has really – allowed them to get away with only playing three receivers is they basically use ryan jones and calhoun as a you know extra receiver so at times they'll move cj outside and essentially you're just using ryan jones as a a third or fourth receiver on the inside and calhoun is even signed up in the the slot a little bit you've seen josiah hatfield and Kerry king get some more playing time the last couple weeks but they haven't been targeted a ton but I mean when you have two number one receivers essentially with, with Winstead and, and CJ at the level they're playing at now it, it kind of lessens the need you know it's the same Jalen Johnson has had this back issue because he really even early in that South Florida game before he re-injured his back he was looking good then man he's just like a solid possession receiver good hands can make some plays so you just hope a, that he's able to come back this year, and hopefully he gets, uh, you know, he he comes back next year as well with his extra year of eligibility.
3: Steven, I go hoist the colors joining us. We saw a rocked up guy back on the field last week. And I go, could Rick DeBru go from the doghouse to the penthouse? <laughs> I'm just, I should leave on that note,
11: but uh, good to see him back. It's like a sports radio classic.
3: I right know, right it now. is. I really dug deep <laughs> for that one. Um, speaking of penthouse I saw your brother at stop shop <laughs> he's living it up in the they penthouse. still sell magazines like that I'm gonna guess no yeah I guess that's a thing of the past were you used to being there buying them nah but like <laughs> and i worked at a trademark we didn't have those magazines but remember you could walk into oh yeah, convenience yeah. stores and like stuff would be blocked out mm-hmm. and stuff but they would sell dirty magazines right there in front of god and everybody <laughs> in front of god i mean what a world what a world anyway yeah, you rick, can just find everything on your phone so I, I know rick well, debrew's back rick debrew nice segue
11: rocked up um speaking of ah, go ahead <laughs> He is a uh, he's a pass rusher man that's what he is. He's got that quick twitch ability. Love that. And he showed it. He I mean one of the few guys him and Jeremy Lewis that can like just beat a double team and go make a sack. You know, there's not a ton of those guys on the roster. Uh, so it was good to see him back and and the other thing too when you get ahead in a game on a UCF you know they're in pass mode you can put JD Lampley in, you can put Rick DeBruin in at this point their strength is just hey go get the quarterback like obviously stay in your pass rush lane keep your integrity but uh that's kind of their strength right now so if you get ahead or you get into obvious passing situations that's when you're going to see them
3: eight tackles for jeremy lewis that's a lot for his position second leading tackler against ucf and did get a half a sack Uh, i'm going to say that keeps the streak going at three games for jeremy lewis so uh he's playing some good ball they are getting after the quarterback they're forcing turnovers uh, as well. I go that that uh, running play where Plumley had it and had a first down, and then the ball just squirts out. That was a wild play right into the hands of a uh, a pirate defender. Who was that that recovered uh, that? Jara. Jara got it. Yeah. Julius Wood forced his third forced fumble of the year. Man,
11: so that's the thing, man. If you're going to give up yards, which you look over this stretch going into the Memphis game, you kind of knew that. The stats weren't going to look great at times because you're playing some really good offenses, and that continues this week against BYU. But you're going to have to be opportunistic. And that started against Memphis. They got the pick six. Um, you know, I believe they got another pick in that game as well. You have the pick right before halftime. So you forced six turnovers the past two games, and clearly that's a big emphasis for this defense. They weren't really forcing many takeaways before that stretch. Yep. And And the other point of it is, too, in addition to forcing six turnovers, the offense has not turned the ball over once in either of those two games. So you went from na- or you went from even turnover di- differential to plus six on the season, which kind of leads to hey, if you win the turnover battle and you're a good football team, you're gonna be in a position to win most games. Where is that nationally? I tiled it up today. I think it's um like tied for eighteenth or something like yeah, that. Okay. So, Pretty high. And so. yeah, BYU I think is plus four four or plus two. I can't remember which they are, but they're they're up there too. So, you know, I, I would assume you wouldn't see a ton of mistakes in the game. Jaron Hall, their quarterbacks only throwing three picks. Holton's throwing five picks. Um neither team has had real fumble issues. So you know, I i think you're gonna see two really capable offenses on on Friday night. BYU, despite only scoring fourteen against Liberty, they have a ton of offensive talent and they've they've got some guys out, but their receivers and they can throw the football they're legit which you know ecu has been vulnerable in the past against the past this year so that's a little bit of a concern
3: i go it's kind of like a sat question if i recall correctly does holton have two multi-pick games state threw two in the two first lane. half for state he threw two against Tulane. all right and the pirates have played eight games how many games has holton Ayler's played without throwing a pick that would be five games that is correct there you and go. That would be all five were wins.
5: Should I bring up the. Because
11: the other one was against
3: Navy. How about that stat? Wow. First? It's pretty simple. Mind blown. If you are going to ask, is ECU going to win on Saturday? Let me know if Holton throws a pick or not, and I'll let you know who wins. Because you said, can I bring up the
5: stat to consider that we've talked about? Can you win. can do whatever the hell you want, buddy. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. I got a uh, text. From our good buddy, Discount Larry. We'll see you there! We'll see you there! This was Saturday night while the uh, fifth quarter was going on. Late into the night, 11.21 p.m., he says, Chandler, hey, buddy, Discount Larry, mention this. <laughs> About Holton Naylor's through the air the last two games. 56 for 70, 615 yards, two touchdowns, and here's the important part of this stat line. No turnovers. And you said after I mentioned that, that it seems like when Holton Aylers doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't make those stupid mistakes, Pirates win. Oh, calling and, stupid. I'm stupid. I'm, because I'm a mean man.
3: I'm mean. You're mean mugging.
5: But uh, you said that, and now we have gotten confirmation from one Stephen Igo that, in fact, when he doesn't throw an interception, the Pirates have won. So that's happened five times this year.
11: ECU is 5-0, and oh, and Holton Aylers doesn't throw a pick. I mean, that's, Who's going to tweet that out first? ECU is 0-3 when Hold Aylor throws a pick.
3: You want to have a race? Uh, you Go for it. You going to give it to me? Yeah, that's Thanks, all you Thanks, Steven. Appreciate it. One of my favorite things is like when an announcement's made to see who's going to get it out first. Like, uh, I don't know, ECU, what seed they are in the NCAA baseball tournament, oh, yeah. and we're all like.
11: Got that, <laughs> we got it ready to go.
3: But I go, and he's got sources, which he should. That's his job. Like Cliff tells him what's going to happen ahead of time and all this That was only like one year. There was one year I told Cliff what was going to
11: happen, and so
8: <laughs> how did you do that?
11: I had a direct line to the uh, to the chair of the committee. How about that? Good for you, Stephen. Crazy things happen.
3: All right, uh, tell us if you will, if you can, about the. Uh, Key skill guys missing for BYU. Don't they have a running back receiver out? Yeah, Christopher
11: Brooks is is sidelined. He's their starting running back, averaging six point one yards per carry. And then so their leading receiver is also out. He's like a five eleven guy, explosive playmaker. But I mean, in, in a way, he leads them in stats. But he's probably not their best receiver. Puka Nakua is their top receiver. They basically use him in, in like as a Curtis. Samuel type role, or not Curtis Samuel? like, so, man, Debo right. Samuel. <laughs> they use him as Debo. That's a little bit different, yeah, yeah, a little bit different. But Puka is about as injury prone as Curtis Samuel. So he's only played five games this year. And but when he's on the field, he's 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 dynamic. He's got four rushing touchdowns in addition to a couple of receiving touchdowns. Six two receiver. They also got a six four guy with four uh, receiving touchdowns. They also have a receiver. Um, I can't remember his first name, but Romney. I think he's related to Mitt Romney. Mitt's like long lost yeah. cousin, and he's been out of the lineup, but he's supposedly coming back this How week. How long has he been there? Like eight. Like I'm pretty sure he's 27 years old. Yeah. Um, but they got dudes, man. They got they got an NFL tight end. Their quarterbacks can play. You know, they just haven't been able to run the ball. The other issue I was listening to their to their OC his press conference. He basically was like, man. He was like, our defense can't get us the ball back, so we can't get into a rhythm. Like, Oof. He didn't come out and say it like right. that, but that, that's what he was saying. Is he a young-looking like.
3: guy? Yeah, younger-looking guy. I, I didn't watch it. I saw that. I need to check out that video.
11: But he was basically saying we can't run the ball because well, we're getting down so much. And and
3: Satake, I mean, there are issues, right? He's not making changes, but he's taking over.
11: Has he always been calling the defensive plays? Going or? into last week, he made the change to call plays. Right, And he admitted after the game that basically – former defensive coordinator has been moved to the d-line full-time and he's calling the plays he's making the personnel decisions but i mean they it's didn't... like the
3: first sign of trouble or the first move when there's yeah. trouble so. and he's
11: been the coordinator the guy had been the coordinator there since i believe sataki got there and, and that's the crazy thing they were really good defensively last year they returned 11 starters and they're just they've been awful this year they've given up 50 on third down they're not rushing the passer <laughs> And so, what what kind of worries me, if I'm ECU with Satake taking over, is you you feel like almost at some point they're just going to completely abandon what they do and just throw something crazy on the wall, and maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't. So, kind of the unknown there. If you're East Carolina, scares you a little bit, but it's also a short week, so it's not like they're going to retool the entire playbook. Yeah, um, you know, for a non-conference game versus ECU, you wouldn't think, but
3: who knows and i mean look if you're a pirate fan you're just hoping these issues with sataki continue to mushroom like a mushroom cloud from sataki (laughs) thank you Shirley. i know that you'll always have my back steven uh patrick mason's here uh you want to hang out with the patrick segment why not all right cool do y'all get along best friends man best okay good good to hear good to hear are we Tanner taking a break? Out. Yeah, what you got?
5: Well, I'll kick myself out because guess what, folks? We have a Jesse update. Oh, we got a Jesse update. She is being discharged from the hospital. Good to hear. Getting out of the shop. All your prayers worked. All the prayer warriors, thank you. Thank you so much to the prayer warriors out there. I'm going to go pick her up right now. If you're driving right now, if you could pull over
3: and flash your lights in honor of Jesse, we'd appreciate it. Yes, please. All right. So, you're going to go get your car now? Yes, and I'll be back. How are you going to get your car? I got a ride. Okay. Go and run. All right. Well, Chan, man, we'll uh, see when you get back. Yes, and I will be back with my sweet girl. All right. Good deal. Patrick Mason joins us when we return.
9: Hey,
8: are
3: we having a party in 213 tonight? Are we be there? You gonna sit with
11: us? Yeah, I mean, how don't been with us? I mean, I'm Woo-hoo! not gonna be on the court, so might as well be up there. I
5: say we just roll onto the court. Who's gonna stop us? I said that earlier. I said, bring the basketball that they have here in the studio. Go in there and push uh, the first contestant they down. Hire,
11: they're not hiring security for this thing.
5: I don't want there to be any issues, but I sure hope the, sec- the security lady that's in the lower bowl isn't there because then she wouldn't let us on oh, the court.
3: That's true. I'm not gonna do anything like that. But in my honor, if y'all would like to start a ride at Minji's tonight, I I would really appreciate it. So just throwing that out there. And can I get in trouble for inciting a riot if that happens? Yes. Damn. Strike this from the record. All right, I go in section 213 tonight. That's that's fun. We're going to have some uh we're gonna have That's fun. We'll be back with you after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff.
3: Back with you on Pirate Radio Live. Steven Igo here. P-Mace in the place. Patrick Mason. Hey, see,
9: hey.
3: Looking purple today. I know. I said it's a purple day today. We Y'all look good. We didn't even coordinate it, at least not this time. Donnie Kirkpatrick thinks at least one of you look good. Yep.
10: Igo looks good. Though. That's
3: all nice. Donnie looks
11: good. That's all that matters.
3: (laughs) All right. Um, You guys were just talking about your trip to Salt Lake City coming up here. Yep, yep. When y'all go on these roadies, do you rent a car or just, like, Uber everywhere? I have
8: been Ubering, but I think uh, renting a car is probably the way to go this time.
11: Yeah, same. I mean, we've we've actually been talking about it because usually, especially, like, because we went to New Orleans, and that one's pretty close together, whereas, you know, provo similar to greenville in that if you're coming to greenville you're most likely going to fly into raleigh um if you're trying to save some money it's just a better city to stay in so provo kind of similar so we're staying in salt lake city which is about 45 minutes away so if you want to spend an uber on a 45 minute drive to and from uh you might as well just go ahead and rent a car you know
8: and i figured like the uber ride after a football game i'm not sure what that would be like 11 o'clock or midnight you know ain't gonna
11: be cheap i'm sure (laughs) no
8: So, you didn't go last time, Steven? In 15, no, I didn't. I was. uh,
11: I remember vividly covering that game on TV, though, because I remember a lot about it. It was a night game. I can't remember if that was a Saturday night or a weeknight, but I remember Giannis Bowden recovering the punt block in the end zone. I remember it being a good start for ECU. Do I remember correctly? We also had a punt blocked? Yes. Later on in the game, they blocked a punt. And it was a crazy game, man. High scoring. By the end of it, BYU's quarterback was, like, limping and still throwing for, like, 500 yards against ECU. Um, Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. It was a crazy game. They scored late, I want to say, with, like, a minute or less than a minute to take the lead for good. And then Blake Kemp, who was, like, the most average quarterback in ECU history, randomly had a huge game. (laughs) So it was just a
8: wild game. Uh, Your first trip out there, Patrick? Yeah, this will be my first time. And I I think it's kind of neat because it's – I mean, I don't know how many times you go to Utah. I mean, I'm not, like, a huge skier or anything. Like, I feel like that's what is attributed <laughs> yeah. to Utah. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah,
3: what uh, else yeah. you do out there? Right. Like,
11: other, other than, like, going to the mountains or, like, doing doing something like that, like, why go to Utah unless you're, like, a jazz fan or from the area? Yeah. Um, so, and ECU is, you know, I don't see them renewing this series with BYU anytime soon, especially with BYU going to the Big 12. So, um. Yeah, my company they basically said you could go to Cincinnati or BYU on our dime, and I was like, I'll definitely go to BYU. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I want to travel to Cincinnati, I can, I can foot that bill on, on my own. But I'll, I'll take the shot to go to to BYU.
8: That's the right decision.
3: Uh, let's get a quick Iowa update. Uh, oh Hawkeyes boy. losing fifty four to ten to Ohio State, and I guess uh, Kirk Ferentz was responding to an article uh, at the press conference this week and uh he has a lot of respect for guys like you patrick (laughs) media folks writers uh he said quote the good thing about that it dawned on me coming home i said man as bad as today was it could have been worse because i could have been that guy i could have been that guy i had his job and had to act like he did it could have been a hell of a lot worse right (laughs) things aren't all bad so uh yeah man look good for kirk parents at least he's not you patrick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. He's missing out. I'm, I'm telling you,
8: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're
11: having a blast. He, hey, he could yeah. be going to Utah too, man. That's, a... that's
8: right. Yeah, he's stuck. You know, playing on, or coaching. He's
3: stuck team. in damn yeah. Iowa.
8: Yeah, it's funny. Me and Stephen were actually texting about this exact story yesterday, and yeah, I mean, Kirk Ferentz is just he's he's kind of lost control of this whole situation here. It's it's not a good look for him for sure. You got to be like pretty tone deaf to
11: say that literally to a room full of reporters. Like that's not gonna not gonna win win you over many uh future articles and I just saw like national uh national writers piling on like basically why I say this especially when your your son is the offensive coordinator of the worst offense in college football
3: well I guess he's earned it now where uh, he pretty much thinks he can say whatever he wants like it it feel, it felt like yeah. before this year he was one of those bill snyder Bobby Bowden like not wins well maybe I mean he's up there and wins but where he could kind of decide when he wants to go, Frank Beamer. Yeah, he, he is a made man at Iowa, and yeah. he, he essentially is that athletic department head. Like he, but he controls anything. After he wants. this year, where they're like the laughing stock offensively of the of the college football world, and now you got this, like. Will he be forced out, or do you think it's still the same? Like, he decides when he goes. I still think he decides.
8: That's yeah. kind of my read on it. But I think a, a change has to come. Like, I think his son is, is going to be out. But he's the one who has to make that call. Like, the athletic director is saying, hey, Kirk, you know, you do your thing. It, it's really a weird situation, honestly.
3: Yeah, it's probably one of those. Uh, and there's there's probably college football scenarios like this around the country where the football coach is more important than the ad and and, Certainly. Can, and instead of the ad giving the orders he gives the orders mm-hmm. pretty much and that that's how it's going down there and it's kind of just sad to see because it is just his son and that, that's
8: really the big hang-up and you know he probably doesn't <laughs> want to make thanksgiving awkward or something but i mean it's
3: it's really bad it's gotten to a bad spot now that i mention that do you think the majority of coaches are ahead of their ad's in college football I like at so, most yeah. of the power five schools they are, right? Probably. I and mean, like
11: obviously the the AD can make the move. Right. But as far as recognizable and kind of the person who really sells your athletic department, I mean I, I definitely think the head coach is is kind of the face of it for sure. And certainly in a guy, I mean like just growing up watching college football, like Kirk Ferentz has been there like since I started watching <laughs> college football, like you kind of associate Iowa with him. Um and so yeah uh, and same thing with Alabama like Nick Saban probably runs that athletic department oh yeah I mean easy I don't know like like Jay Bat getting a job for being a part of Alabama's athletic department is just hilarious to me (laughs) because for for several reasons but a because what is
3: he doing like how easy is it to sell Alabama yeah right oh that's like when uh, Saban brings in those fired coaches like Bill O'Brien and uh, Sark. Kiffin, Tuscaloosa Rehab. Yeah, Yeah. it is like a uh, rehab facility for coaches, and they go in and look amazing, kind of like a uh, Nathaniel Hackett when you coach Aaron Rodgers. Hey, he took Blake Bortles to the AFC championship game as OC. So. I go sent an awesome text. I gotta give you credit for that one on uh Sunday, that hey, look at the Packers, man. What's holding them back? They don't have Nathaniel Hackett anymore. <laughs> That's true. They're they're a lost cause without him. I'm gonna say Devontae Adams is a bigger reason, but you know, I mean Hackett maybe might be there. it may be a, a small role. Are you uh ready to walk back some of your claims this year that the Broncos are uh, better than the Commanders, 100%. Panthers.
11: I'm ready to walk back every time. I'm ready <laughs> Marching to then. backward. I am never. How about the Bears? Bears are better. 100%. Yeah. Every team is better than the Broncos. Yeah. It yeah. is crazy, man. You know, the saddest thing is that the Broncos absolutely suck, but all these teams <laughs> they've lost to have barely beaten them, which proves the NFL as a whole is just pathetic. Honestly. Man,
3: I had major deja vu Sunday watching the Broncos down 16 to 9. Was that the score? Yeah. Uh, late fourth quarter I I, I I was like holy crap remember that tebow year yeah oh, where uh, at 7 15 705 every night every sunday night they were down and one of the teams had single digits usually denver it was always like 13 to 9 <laughs> yeah. and tebow would have one drive all game and it would come at the end that was that was fun for about two months i go that was the the most fun outside of the super bowl year
11: where they won it with Peyton. That I've had. I mean, easily they were they were awful. Their defense was amazing, but legitimately, like Tebow could not complete a four pass all game. Oh, my goodness! And like it would be the two minute drill, and he would just <laughs> scramble around and heave one up. Oh yeah,
3: he'd have a twelve yard run, and then a Demarius catch and run, yeah. and then a thirteen yard. Like it was it was crazy. You don't want flashbacks to Tim Tebow. That's, that's <laughs> no. not ideal. And if you watch the Bears this year, it's pretty much similar. Where they yeah. can't do anything most of the game, but what well, they did the other night, I got to give them credit. They were great. The Justin other night.
8: Fields' athleticism is is really good, but uh, he still can't
3: throw the ball. Yeah, right. like, but they've, if, they've had more wins than I thought they'd get. You got to figure really out a forward. way. I, I was saying if they had like a Kyle Shanahan or something, uh, compared it to like RG 3s rookie year, where everything they did worked. Like if if they could somehow get that offense around fields, but you gotta be able to throw it a little bit yeah, in the NFL. That's the problem.
11: Well, that's an amazing thing that they put up that many points on the Patriots with Belichick known as this defensive guru and you think you, you think that he would shut down
3: fields in that offense, but and and really I saw somebody. Points. On, yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter say we need one more completion from Fields for a prop. Oh no! And I looked at it, and he was at thirteen. I don't think he had more than thirteen completions, did he? I don't like, think so. Yeah, but I the, mean, B-
8: the Bears got the best rushing offense in the league, which is really surprising. But I guess that's how they're getting it done. And I think it was really weird on Monday where. It was a weird game where everyone had the Patriots winning that game. Like, if you looked everywhere, no one was picking the Bears. And it just shows you how the NFL is so weird where, like, you know, the exact opposite can happen. It's just... I used to really enjoy, maybe it's
11: because the Broncos stink so bad, but I used to really enjoy watching random games. But now, unless it's like Chiefs-Bills or something, like, I can't sit down and watch a random game. It's just not a great product right
3: They're now. They're bad, and I don't know yeah. what it is. Yeah. Has the defense finally caught up to this wide-open offense stuff? Yeah, or? it
11: feels like it, man. It, it Because it, like Tom Brady struggling this much, and Aaron Rodgers even without Devontae Adams. like It feels like maybe the NFL has finally figured out how to defend Guys like Brady and Rodgers, but now you got Josh Allen and others, and Mahomes. You know, still scrambling, still making things happen to an extent. So, yeah, I don't know. They certainly have figured out how to defend Russell Wilson, though.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike P wanted to bring that up. He, Did y'all see that? uh He said, "Ask Igo, will he be doing high knees in the airplane on the cross country flight?" <laughs> I'm off the Russell Wilson
11: bandwagon after that, man. Look, you can't be doing four hours of high knees. No. On an eight-hour flight, hey, can man. you imagine how annoying that guy is? Yeah, just walk, <laughs> walking up and down the aisle or something. Like imagine like, he's yeah. like Jerry Judy trying to sleep, and the Russell Wilson <laughs> yeah. sitting there like doing high knees or butt kicks or something beside him. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, just let it. Like, I can understand five ten minutes on an eight-hour flight, but four hours? What are we doing?
8: People are coming after him too, from all corners. Even former players that he's won a Super Bowl yep. with, they're like, "What is he doing?" Like, it just doesn't seem like a genuine dude at all. Nah. Everything seems that he's, so planned. Yeah, yeah. Now
11: that he's failing or having yeah. struggles, it's that much easier to go after him. Right. Yeah.
3: All right. Well. And he's my fantasy
11: quarterback, so things are going great.
3: Best quarter- <laughs> <laughs> Best quarterback in this room uh, we root for is probably Taylor Heineke at this point. Eh, mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm, the key. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm the key. I don't know. All right, it's a sad group, either way. It, it is too. very <laughs> sad.
8: Yeah, we're, we we uh, bottom three, man.
3: And how about Matt Ryan? Is fourth in the league in passing yards. He's benched for the entire season. What happened there? I saw
8: that headline and I was like, "What is going on?" I know. And they I mean, he, said, "You're done."
3: He looked awful. <laughs> he also team leads team. the league in
8: turnovers, but the Jameis Winston turned.
3: Yeah, took. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had a chance for a 30-30 season, like James did. I love. So who that. is even starting for them now? Sam Ellinger. Wow. Some guy. Ellinger versus Heineke, which is to your point, Igo. It's just why would you stop on that random game? Like honestly, like there's no
11: <laughs> No. Like I used to want to watch the Packers and now I don't know. God, even they watch are the tough Packers to now. watch. Like man. it's just like there's three teams. The Bucks? I watch.
3: Forget about it. Why would you want to watch that crap fest? Even the Chargers are The Chargers are, not, are not terrible. Yeah. I watched them who'd they play Monday night? Denver. And that yeah. was a brutal game. Herbert wouldn't throw the ball over five <laughs> yards. He I was scared. It was, like, yeah. it was What are we doing? And he's the one who's slinging it everywhere. So yeah. I don't know what the heck's a going on. A lot of Herbert backlash coming in, too, that we crowned him well, way yeah, too Chargers early. Are, I think he's a talented quarterback. Yeah, he's talented, but the Chargers will always flop. It's yeah. That's just what they do. All right. There's your. uh you move cities, but you can't get away from the Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should have changed names
8: yeah. with the city move. They
3: should have just go all in LA Raiders couldn't get rid of that. <laughs> and then make raiders. Vegas change their name powder yeah. blue unis so. their unis are sweet even their dark blues mm-hmm. are, are sweet so mm. alright uh, you need to go I got yep, sorry I kept you too late no you're good Patrick uh, one more segment with you yep. alright we'll do that wrap up hour number two with P Mace when we return on Pirate Radio Live Stephen, we'll uh, talk to you on the phone on Friday let's do it alright thank you sir uh, we'll be back with you more to go after this
9: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol-free high-octane gas, which is the best for all of you boat owners. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip.
3: Thank you, Charlie Rhodes. CJ Schaefer here. Chandler on the way to get Jesse. My pin's falling down. Patrick Mason's here. I am. Patrick, uh, we've got some audio from Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell. What did uh, you ask the coordinators? What did you want to know when you talked to them yesterday? Um, I'm pretty sure I asked
8: Donnie about just if he if he could see anything in this offense that could kind of lead to some future success, like if they unlocked anything. Um just because, you know, they've been playing well lately, and it, it seems weird when they have these hiccup games, and it, it just doesn't seem like it meshes with, you know, what's actually going on with, with the roster. You know, everything's everything's pretty talented, and I think if they play well, I mean, it seems silly, but if they play well, they look awesome, right? So, um, I'm just curious if they can kind of just keep this going, if they figured anything out, and um, I mean, it sounds like they're, uh, you know, being able to, to build on this, and I guess we'll see, but it's, yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, because they are
3: very when they look good they're they're really good it's volatile thank you thank you and like we've watched sports long enough to know too that the team's lost three in a row team looks great winning two in a row that doesn't mean we know the outcome of this game because you you factor in a lot of stuff how how much do you factor in going on the road i mean these two last, last two wins over good teams have come at home you've had your crowd behind you now you're in a different atmosphere like it makes me a a little nervous i'm if i'm a pirate fan and i think it should
8: because i think the last time they went on the road we saw what happened to tulane that was just not a good performance at all right from the start um you know then obviously you can go to south florida but i always wonder if that's a just a product of south florida being south florida
3: yeah and how remind us of the atmosphere at tulane wasn't it, much of one or it really wasn't much of one i mean yeah. it felt more like a road game than south florida did but sure. there really wasn't that many fans but this will be the first real like road environment mm-hmm. right and, and i've talked to i talked to bryce williams who went to provo in 2015 he said he'd much rather have it where there's 50 60 70 however many every thousand like on you booing you against you than having a thousand people that makes sense right
8: because like i guess if everyone's going after you you guys can band together and say hey guys let's you know we're against everyone else you can kind of have that mentality but if you go to these other other spots where it's really sporadic crowds and it just almost feels like you're in a glorified scrimmage sometimes and i don't know i I guess really there's no excuse to not kind of bring some
3: energy but it might be hard
8: to manufacture some energy sometimes
3: yeah uh patrick mason joining us he'll be there we'll uh lob you a phone call during the bud light pregame tailgate Lobo Friday. Away. when uh when you plan on getting back uh i'll come back saturday like saturday afternoon so you don't morning. have to uh you're not like the team where you go back that night no. and get back at 6 a.m no way uh, that sounds brutal honestly yeah. uh so and how about uh patrick what are you gonna do next weekend man i gotta do something fun right the yeah first, first weekend without football in months you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sit down and watch football all day <laughs> yeah right yeah you can't you know totally divorce yourself Until my wife football. speaking of divorce i'm sure i'll have some stuff to do yeah oh yeah you gotta Being look home for the first time and uh well we have a lot of saturdays months. off coming we got up. three saturdays in a row off it's, now for you you'll be traveling two of them though right mm-hmm.
8: yeah i think cincinnati i'm gonna try to get out of there pretty quick yeah but um yeah utah should be fun I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm really just—I really want to see that atmosphere there. I, I've heard all these stories of BYU fans getting up for the game, and I guess they don't do much tailgating beforehand, yeah. but they just kind of show
3: up. They show up, all lathered up, out, ready to go, and get out. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, Jeff says like they there's not much atmosphere pregame and stuff, and then the place just fills up, and then. He says he wraps up his post game show and the parking lot's empty and it's almost <laughs> like it's, it's it's eerie almost. Yeah, that's, he it's really it's odd, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Key things you're looking at for this weekend for for East Carolina to succeed. What do they need to do? Um. I- Probably the same as what they did
8: last week, just, I think, running the football. Like, if Keaton Mitchell can continue to just be Keaton Mitchell, I think that really keeps the offense on pace and on schedule. When he can just has that threat of breaking off a 10, 15-yard run, I think it does a lot for the defense. Um, the thing I've noticed about BYU, there—I mean, we've heard about they're really big, but I think they're just really tall everywhere. Like the receivers are six four. Like we talked to Malik Fleming this week about giving up essentially half a foot to some of these receivers, and you know, he was saying he's ready for the challenge. That's kind of what you have to expect if you want to play at the next level. Um, but I think it's going to be like a, a physical challenge for for East Carolina. Um, you know, BYU is, is missing their leading receiver and runner, so. Um, I guess not everyone's coming back this week, but it'll still be a challenge. Like the tackles, I think six, eight, you know, on the ends, like it's just big boys that you got to, I think it'll be a technique sort of game uh, this week versus, you know, maybe just
3: physical. And speaking of the run, I don't know if it's because of this, but it sure seems like they're throwing more on first down. I don't know if that's opening up running lanes, uh, you know, later in the game or in different situations, but it really feels like, and we talked about this too, right? Like, yeah, you do what the defense gives you, but be aggressive. You be the aggressor. It feels like ECU's done that the last two games, right? Yeah, and I think Donnie even might have mentioned it yesterday where you know, you're know
8: you the one with the ball. Like You can dictate some things, too. You don't always have to say, oh, man, here's what the defense is doing. How do we figure this out? Like, And especially, like you said, if you can throw on first down and if you get a completion, like you're just already on schedule. And I think if you can do that, make some quick, easy passes, um, I mean, that just opens up everything. And, yeah, I mean, they're actually dictating what they want to do, and I think that's what we saw the past couple
3: of weeks. Patrick, thanks for hanging out. We'll uh, talk to you coming up Friday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. I'll be there. Check out his work on the page of the Daily Reflector, Online reflector.com. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll visit with the voice Jeff Charles when we return. And also in Hour 3, we will talk to – this is a little different – Ben Chase. Ben Chase has been to 34 college football stadiums this year. He plans on attending 71 college football games. His next one is in Pullman, Washington, Thursday night. And then Friday night, he'll be in Provo, Utah for ECU and BYU. And we will talk to Ben uh, about his journey. So we got that coming up in hour three as well. All that and a giveaway is ahead. More Pirate Radio Live after this.
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with Kinetic Physical Therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then Kinetic Physical Therapy can help you get back on track and live well kinetic has a nationally certified therapist for physical occupational speech and massage therapy all in a state-of-the-art facility on arlington excuse me arlington boulevard in greenville visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information now let's head back into prl here's clip all good. Yeah, I, don't, I, mm. I was I don't know. <laughs> Arlington Boulevard just tripped me up oh, for some reason today. Hear Arr- hear it, Arr- Arr- er.
3: Uh you got dogs howling across eastern North Carolina. Shirley Rhodes is here. CJ Schaefer is here. Chandler hopefully is in Jesse. His Jeep driving <laughs> it back to, the, like, to like, the studio. I was what's, like,
6: what's... please, please don't context. make it too much of a dramatic pause there.
3: We need context. I had to add some context. All right, let's visit with The Voice, Jeff Charles, who I just remembered we recorded this earlier today, Shirley. Yes. And we're going to play this as if I am bringing it back into the show. So hit it right now. (laughs) All right, welcome back into Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. We will welcome in The Voice, Jeff Charles, before he heads out of town to see East Carolina Take on BYU. Jeff, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Clip, and you're right. Uh, ready to take off about one forty five tomorrow afternoon. It's a four-hour flight through two different time zones. And then when you get there, it's going to be about 18 degrees on Thursday night. So, But we're looking forward to it. It's always fun to go out to Provo, Utah and play BYU. This will be my third trip out there. Of course, the Pirates went out there in 2015, had a really good game against BYU. Blake Kemp, you may remember, clip was the quarterback, and the Pirates lost that one by seven points, 45-38. to But East Carolina had a chance in that one, and then in another life years and years ago, I did a basketball game at the Marriott Center at BYU. So this will be trip number three. Always enjoy the people there, seeing a different culture. The folks out there are extremely nice, and the stadium is beautiful, and it's also very, very clean. It is immaculate. All their facilities are immaculate. Real quick story here, clip. I remember when I went out there years ago with Virginia Tech for a basketball game, the guys that uh, I was working with at the time, we all played a lot of basketball. And so we went over to the facility at BYU, and we asked them if we could use the The gym and and the weight room, and those kinds of things. And the folks there were very, very nice. And they said, Sure. They said, We only have one requirement. You have to wear a BYU t shirt and shorts while you're in the facility. And we brought our own clothes in our own gym bags in so we said hey that's fine we'll wear your stuff and so after we got all sweaty and had a good workout in we just threw them in the wash and walked out the door the best workout we ever had
9: <laughs> there
3: you go gotta gotta look the part when you're there and uh, good stuff jeff we, we've talked a little bit about and coach houston was asked about uh elevation and altitude and you know is that a factor or not and we have bryce williams on yesterday and he played in that 2015 game and he said he, he didn't He didn't feel like he was lacking oxygen or anything. He said the one thing he did notice was how dry it was. And he said you take a squirt of water on the sideline you run in and by the time you're in the huddle you got cotton mouth and you need so he said that affected him but you know do you notice anything like that when you go out there with the different uh, altitudes and things
0: yeah i do clip and uh i think bryce pretty much hit the nail on the head i don't notice a whole lot as far as breathing is concerned but you're right it is extremely dry and you do get thirsty in a hurry I wasn't in Provo or Salt Lake City for a long extended time, but I was in Durango, Colorado, as you know, for three weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly the same kind of feeling out there. That's in the San Juan Mountains in Durango. And that is a place that's extremely dry. I'll tell you one thing. We talk about how cold it's going to be, and 18 degrees or 20 degrees is cold. I don't care where you are. But it's a different kind of cold than it is if it would be 18 degrees in Minnesota. It just feels different. And I remember an extended period of time when I was in Colorado for three weeks. During the day, it would be in the 40s, and there would be snow everywhere. But I can remember walking out and, and walking around actually in a short sleeve shirt at 45 degrees, and that really wasn't that cold. So it's a, it's a different kind of cold, and uh, we'll see how the Pirates adapt to that. It's not going to be a, a cold. I don't think like the Pirates have played in in Cincinnati or in Philadelphia when they have played Temple a couple of years ago when it was really, really cold. It's going to be cold, but it's a, it's a different feeling. It really is a different feeling.
3: Speaking of weather, temperatures, how it affects the game, I was shocked the other night. Someone sent me a, a picture of it during the game of the two big you know industrial sized heaters that UCF had on their bench and did you and Kevin pick up that during the game Jeff and it's just crazy it wasn't that cold but man I guess for those Florida boys it was uh, certainly different than what they've been playing in I guess
0: yeah I guess so I did not see it during the game because we're located behind the pirate bench and uh, I don't really see a whole lot on the other sideline but I did see I did see uh the different websites that had that posted on them. And I was, I was kind of surprised because <laughs> what was it? 63 degrees. Yeah. And those guys had to heat out. So I'm not really sure about that. I don't know about heaters for the pirates in the game on Friday night or not. I would guess there will be some, but you know, it's it's a big undertaking clip to bring a football team, you know, two time zones away and 1600 miles away. And I don't think we ever give enough credit. And I try to do this on our network broadcasts. But there are a lot of unsung heroes with a college football program. How about the guys who drive the 18-wheeler from Greenville, North Carolina to Provo, Utah with all of that equipment? It's 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 amazing. They used to drive that thing out to El Paso. Yeah. yeah it was right. 2,100 miles out to El Paso, you you may remember. And I think this is like sixteen seventeen hundred 1,700 miles out to uh, Provo. And the guys left on Monday with the equipment truck. How about those guys? Let's give them a big pat on the back uh, and a big bear hug because i tell you what, that is some job to drive that thing all the way out there and back. There are two guys, and they trade off, but still, that is quite a job, and uh, hats off to those guys. They do a terrific job.
3: At 11.01 uh, earlier today, uh, there was a picture tweeted out, and and I don't know who this person is, but they're uh, they're on the trip and on the trips with these giant uh Uh, haulers here and it says the queen anne anchor has been dropped in provo utah utah at the hotel so he said a nice smooth ride uh looking forward to seeing the boys arrive on thursday so they're already there so they are there and uh yeah they were actually for this particular trip i know people were tracking uh i just saw that tracking the um the trip itself and you got some pictures here from uh the middle america jeff and uh made the whole trip out there so good
0: yeah that's really good stuff and uh, i don't know exactly how they do it i am assuming now with two drivers one guy drives and the other guy sleeps and then vice versa so they probably don't stop very often if at all just for gas and maybe something to eat but i don't think they stay at a hotel on the way out so they just keep rolling and it's a long long way out there so again, we appreciate so much their efforts.
3: And boy, that takes up. So they head right back after the game, I would assume. They do, and, and get here, and then uh, luckily not. If you're, if there's back-to-back road games, that's a that's a hassle right there, Jeff. That's so, tough. Yeah,
0: that is that is really tough. Of course, they'll have a chance, like we all will, to catch our breath yeah. uh, next week with the open date. But again, I can remember so many times being in El Paso with those guys and. They're loading up the truck, and it's basically like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, Eastern time, and they're starting out then to go 2,100 miles from El Paso to Greenville, North Carolina, so it's tough duty
3: and Jeff uh, asked Brian Bailey the other day what time is he expecting to be back in Greenville and he said uh, 6am Saturday morning does that sound about right
0: that sounds about right to me that's what I'm thinking too about 6 I think that's about the way it was the last time the Pirates went out there in 2015 Hopefully we'll get a tailwind on the way back. Clip it's four hours, right about on the money going out there on Thursday. Maybe three and a half coming back. I'm hoping. I think everybody is. Uh, nobody's really looking forward to that long of a flight, but it is what it is. So I've got a good book, and uh, we'll see if we can get through it.
3: What you're eating, Jeff? Can you?
0: It's a book by John Gresham that I'll be okay. honest with you. Uh, Cy Seymour gave it to me about uh, two weeks ago. He says, you need to read this book. And I haven't even opened it up yet, but it's a John Gresham book, and that's going to be my entertainment on the flight on the way out. How
3: do you join the uh, the Pirate Book Club with you and Cy? That sounds like a, a great company right there, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for small minds, as a matter of fact, uh, Cliff. I, I don't know if there's song. anything... Uh, uh too strenuous there in the reading department but uh (laughs) i'm looking forward to it and uh i usually try and read something on the plane on the way out a lot of lot of people you know have their laptops and they're watching movies or whatever but you have to find a way to kind of pass the time and and believe me you've probably heard this from from bailey and and other folks that plane is jam-packed with human beings and those seats are not that big so it's uh it's scrunch time when you get on that airplane and head out on these charters.
3: Jeff Charles joining us will be on the call coming up Friday night. Friday Night Lights, East Carolina and BYU. And the Pirates coming off their best performance uh, of the season. And what we're calling the, the best win in the Mike Houston era, Jeff. I mean, they just looked uh, dominant the other night against UCF. And even at halftime, I looked at the stats. And UCF was able to kick that field goal right before the half. And then they come out, they score... And you were kind of nervous then, but man, outside of of that little part of the game, kind of the middle eight, as Donny Kay and coaches like to call it, I mean, East Carolina was in control of that football game.
0: You're right, Clip, absolute domination. And when UCF came out and scored, as you mentioned, to start the second half, the Pirates came right back and answered. Yeah. And really, from that point on, it was basically over. And that was one of the best games I've seen ECU play. In a long, long time, Skip Holtz, as you may know, was back here this past week, and it reminded me of the game the Pirates played and beat West Virginia when I think they were number 8 in the country, and the Pirates totally dominated that game. And this past week, this was the same thing against a really good quality opponent. In UCF, I think coaches dream about games like that where the offense executes so well, the defense plays great, special teams play very well, and it was just one of those nights. If you could bottle that clip and just have that kind of effort and that kind of execution game after game after game, you wouldn't lose many. But as we all know it doesn't happen every game is a new adventure but boy that 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 performance last week hats off to the players and the coaches the game plan was great and the players executed the game plan to perfection just doesn't happen very often but it happened last week and the guys played great
3: and man it's fun to be there when the defense is flying around forcing turnovers and thought about this I'll get your take on it Jeff watching the game from your perspective it looked like East Carolina didn't blitz a whole lot they had some coverage sacks and Uh, some some good coverage down the field, which allowed their defense to to get to the quarterback, John Rice Plumlee. I mean, did you know What did you notice on the defense that made them play so
0: well? Well, I just noticed they were swarming all over the place, yeah. and they kept running guys in and out, and that's what they do with this defense. It is so deep, especially up front in the defensive line. They rotate 12, 13 guys up there, and what they've been able to do clip here, really, it's only been the last three games, the last three weeks, they've been able to get so much more pressure on the opposing quarterback than they did earlier in the season. I can remember remember in the sack stats, the Pirates were down the list, even in the American. And now you look up, and of course, they're right there close to the top. So, that has been a big part of why this defense is playing better. Now, all season long, as you know, they've been really good against the run. The problem has been at times with pass coverage and pass defense, but you know, that's going to happen in this league because you've got so many high-powered offenses and you've got so many good quarterbacks. And that's going to be the case again Friday night with BYU because this guy, Jaron Hall, he's a really good quarterback. And it seems like every week we sit here and we talk about quality quarterbacks the Pirates are playing against. And many of them are dual threats. Many of them are both runners and passers. And this guy is that as well. And he's a really good athlete, just like Plumley was last week. So there's never a let-up, it doesn't seem, and you have to bring your A game defensively each and every time out, and what a great job Blake Harrell has done. He's done a terrific job as the defensive coordinator here. Now in his third year, he's got his system in place, and the kids play really hard for him. They really like Coach Harrell. They really sell out for him, and it's a fun defense to play in so it's a lot of fun to watch ecu play defense again
3: and jeff uh we're facing some good quarterbacks we got a good quarterback the way holton aylers has been spinning it uh the last two games he has put up some eye-popping numbers and turnover free numbers maybe the most important thing jeff but this thing is clicking right now and uh and Holden's feeling good and you just hope that that can continue uh when they take on the cougars coming up
0: no doubt about it he is at 70 percent for the first time in his career this late in the season clip and We have talked about this before on your show, the fact that Holton was you know, around 60 and maybe 62, 63. Every year, his completion percentage has gone up just a little bit, but now he's at 70%. And when you go 30 of 36, like he did last week, you're going to get a nice jump. But anytime a quarterback is throwing 70%, that's big time, and that's what Holton has been able to do. And he's having a terrific final year for the Pirates, and I'm so happy for him. You know him well. I know him well. We've known him for a long time, and he's just a terrific quality young man, and it's just so great to see him having some success and seeing the team playing well. Just very, very happy for Holton, and just hope he can continue here to close it out and put some more wins on the board.
3: Jeff Charles joining us. East Carolina going out of conference this week. will be uh, back in AAC play in a couple weeks, a couple of Fridays from now, when they uh, take on the Cincinnati Bearcats showdown in Orlando this weekend. Maybe uh, a little light off that, uh, <clears throat> off that with UCF losing to ECU, but Cincinnati at UCF three thirty on ESPN. Jeff, and we'll see if uh, the line is a pick'em. How about that? But UCF can uh, try to knock off Cincinnati. For the first time, uh, they would lose in the AAC in multiple years, right?
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. And it will be interesting to see how UCF bounces back from what I'm sure they felt was a disappointing performance against the Pirates. And, Clip, I've watched Cincinnati play two or three times this year. You can't lose nine NFL draft picks, and they had nine of them last year, especially at this level of football, and be the same. This is not the same Cincinnati team that we saw dominate people and get to uh, the Final Four in football, if you will, last year. So they're not quite the same. They're still very good, and they're still very good at home, and we'll talk a lot more about that in a couple of weeks, but... Unless you're in Alabama, Ohio State, or Georgia where you can't reload, you might lose eight, nine, ten players in the NFL draft and be able to come back the next year with almost the same quality of player. At this level of football, I don't know how you replace nine NFL draft picks in the American. And uh, I think that uh, Cincinnati is is still very good, but I don't know if they're as good as they were last year.
3: Six and one right now. That only loss coming, I believe, week one uh, when they went down and lost to Arkansas, uh, but they got a challenge on their hands. UCF going to be angry and uh, ready to bounce back. That's a big one coming up on Saturday. World Series uh, beginning on Friday, Jeff. And we've talked about it. You do your preseason predictions every year. This year, you pick the Phillies to win the NL East and. I kind of gave you the side eye on that, and they didn't win the East. They were in a battle for the wild card with the Brewers. They got in, and, man, they have been red hot, and the atmospheres there at Citizen Bank Park have been incredible in the postseason. They'll try to keep riding that against an Astros team, Jeff, that has not lost in the postseason.
0: It's amazing. The Astros are on a roll. Philadelphia is on a roll, so it's going to be a great World Series. The Astros are just so good at home. It's going to be tough for Philadelphia to go in there and win games. I really believe that. That. And I think sentimentally, Clip, a lot of people are pulling for Dusty Baker and for him to get his first World Series championship. He's been such a great manager and a great person all of these years representing whatever team that he has managed and he's yet to get that world series championship so i think a lot of people are pulling for him but philadelphia is a is a great story and bryce harper you know he's such a great player he's just put that philadelphia ball club on his back and they've got they've got the hammers too uh, at the top of the rotation just like the astros do so it'll be interesting to see what happens offensively in this series and clip how many times have you seen it and we were talking about this the other day the Yankees have all those sluggers and all those great hitters and oftentimes in a short series and you've seen it for years and years uh, great pitching will stop great hitting Mm -hmm. almost every time and that's what happened with the Yankees and they ran into uh, a buzzsaw with with the Astros and they just weren't able to hit. The Astros pitching was just uh, so good. And Justin Verlander, my goodness, the guy's now 39 years old. And look what he is doing. He's still throwing 98, 99-mile-an-hour BBs out there. And his breaking stuff is great. And he's having just a terrific year. So you like to see that. I remember back in the day when he was pitching at Old Dominion against uh, ECU. So it's going to be a lot of fun. going to be a lot of fun. I think the World Series is going to be good. Do you have, like... The marquee teams, do you have, like, the Dodgers against the Yankees or the Red Sox uh, in the World Series? No. But you've got, I think, uh, no question right now at least these two teams are playing the best of any team in baseball. And
3: uh, here's a trivia question for the future, Jeff. You know, how many – uh managers have have any teams that fired their manager had an interim take them to the world series and potentially win and the phillies are in that mix right now with rob thompson who for a while i thought was former giants second baseman robbie thompson but they're two different people uh in fact i'm looking at rob's uh wikipedia page right now uh jeff and uh yeah didn't uh he was a catcher and third baseman for the Tigers organization, actually. Uh, but I'm not familiar with him. I know Robbie. I don't know Rob.
0: Yeah, Rob Thompson, and I looked him up the other day as well, Clip, He has been a lifer in baseball, and he's spent a lot of time in the New York Yankees organization. In fact, he thought he was going to get the Yankees job when Aaron Boone was hired as the Yankees manager. He's had a longtime relationship with the Steinbrenner family and he's been a guy that has been very well respected for so many years and he's done like every job in baseball. You know, he started in the minor leagues and he's worked in minor league baseball, then he's been a coach, you know, in major league baseball and at every stop he has made, I think the one common denominator is that every organization he's worked for and all the players that have played for him love the guy. They just say he's, you know, he's just such a good person and such a good guy to play for. And he's very understated, as you can see in these interviews. He doesn't have a whole lot to say, nah. but the players love him. The organizations he works for love him. And he took over for Joe Girardi, and the thing was kind of stuck in the mud and the next thing you know they start to play a little bit better and they catch fire in september and now all of a sudden everybody's talking about rob thompson he's 59 years old so it's taken him a while to get his opportunity but here he is now in the world series jeff charles joining
3: us he'll be heading out to provo on thursday coming up tonight seven o'clock minji's madness jeff and uh there is a rumor that I might be involved in the three point contest tonight. So. Is that right? Yeah. Akeem Richmond, Sam Hennett, James League and Clip Brock, all great shooters and menjies.
0: You sound, sounds like it to me. My money's <laughs> on a guy named Clip Brock.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see how that goes. Chandler can't wait to go out there and roast me, uh, coming up later tonight. So uh but th- this is a cool event. It's free. Uh fans will be out there to See uh the men's and women's basketball team going to have some contest and uh should be some fun as we are less than 2 weeks away from the season beginning.
0: It's hard to believe isn't it clip uh, Mercer will be coming in here on November the 8th and we start another season. I had the opportunity to spend about a half hour with coach Schwartz yesterday and we went over some things. Uh, as far as the radio network is concerned, I really like Mike. I know he's going to burn the candle at both ends. I know the effort will be there. We don't have to tell anybody what a tough job this is at ECU, the basketball gig, it's a tough tough job. But I know those guys are going to come in here and they're going to they're going to really work hard and they're going to bring that lunch pail every every game and every time they come into the office. So it'll be interesting to see. He's in a major rebuilding mode as we know. A lot of the players who were here last year and good players have moved on. So He's got some holdovers from last year, but he's also got a lot of new guys. I think there are 10 new players on this team, seven freshmen. So it's here we go again with uh, another new coach and uh, another rebuild. And we'll see what Coach Schwartz uh, can do. I know in talking with him, he says, hey, we're going to have to play some great defense this year because offensively, I'm not sure where our points are going to come from. But Mercer comes in here, and then the Pirates have uh, some more home games, uh, the usual suspects in the non conference. And you have to win those non-conference games, clip, before the conference season starts, as we know, because the AAC is so incredibly difficult, and it'll be another really good league this year. And Houston, they're talking about Houston as a Final Four kind of team again this year. So
3: season number three, yeah, That's isn't that
0: it. amazing? Yeah. And and Kelvin Sampson's one of the top coaches in college basketball, and they've got great players and great athletes, and it's always fun when they come into Minji's.
3: Yeah, some of the most exciting games in Menchie's was that era with Bill Harrion, where they'd win fifty-eight to fifty-four and have a, you know Mickey and uh, those guys shooting free throws and not a ton of offense, uh, some hard-nosed defense. So maybe we get uh, get some of that this year in Menji's coliseum jeff thanks for joining us today we'll check in with you via the phone on the bud light pregame tailgate on friday have a good trip and a great call
0: always enjoy a clip thanks so much and we'll be talking with you from provo we'll
3: take a time out come back have more for you on pirate radio live here on a wednesday back with you after this
1: You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light, reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now back to the show.
6: Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust, like Ashley Capps, lee watson bonner latham chris richards josh hooten and heath nesbitt first bank together with their customers they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive first bank on arlington boulevard in greenville now let's head back into prl here's clip
3: all righty back with you pirate radio live here on a wednesday here's something a little different saw this on uh social media earlier this week contacted the guy and now we got him on and uh it is a uh, a pretty cool story his name is ben chase and he is going around the country this college football season and going to uh 70 maybe 71 uh games different stadiums this year including bowl games and uh we uh are able to ask him what the heck this is all about so uh, let's welcome on to the uh, pit electric live line ben chase we will see the pirates coming up on uh friday night as they take on by byu he joins us here today on prl ben how you doing man
12: good man thank you guys for having me i'm somewhere in montana i just look i, I think i'm in columbus montana i can see a lot of very very pretty mountains i'm just north of uh yellowstone national park i think <laughs>
3: that is uh that's awesome so who is Ben chase why is he in montana why are we talking to him well, we got a lot of questions to ask and, uh, and answers to get so Ben, uh I just found out about this this week. Uh you are attempting to uh attend 70 college football games this year. You've attended 34. You got three more coming up this week including East Carolina and BYU. So, uh, let's I where to start? I guess let's start uh, with you. So, uh what what's your deal? What's your story?
12: Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's I mean, that's a good place to start I and mean, I think it's fair to say that I still don't know who I am. So, uh <laughs> I uh no, my yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm from Orlando, Florida. I currently live in Tucson. And when I say I live in Tucson, I just pay rent there and I live out of my van, Betty White. I uh, I was I was uh, I went to UF for undergrad and GW for law school. And I I left my job about three or four uh, two and a half three weeks before the season started. And I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I did some interviews and I kind of just said, you know what, screw it. I want to do something for myself and. Yeah, you know, I'm a Gator, and I've driven from Orlando to College Station overnight for games. I've driven from D.C. to or, or, to Gainesville. I've driven from San Diego to Cabo overnight, 21 hours. And my friends, at Gator Twitter, uh, actually kind of jokingly banned me from road games uh, a few years ago because every game I went to, uh, we'd lose. But while I was doing all those trips, people would send me these College Football Reddit Ultimate Road Trip maps. You know, three or four years in a row. One of my friends, Andrew. Yeah, you know, I, I actually saved it on my Chrome like favorites and. You know, I kind of just sat down and said, well, you know, maybe I could do this. And I I looked up the record uh, for just driving because I'm a big – I just like to drive. And the record's 50 games on the road. So I I pulled up at the beginning of the season and outlined. I got to 62, and now we're shooting for 70.
3: That's amazing. That's good stuff. Um, Obvious question here, uh, who's funding this? Where uh, Do you have a money tree, (laughs) and where can I get one?
12: No, no, I have a – three credit cards, and I've had over 150 people, you know, help me out on the trip, either through Venmo or, like, get me tickets. Oh, wow. I never ask ask for money on the road. Like, people have just kind of uh, attached themselves to the story, and, you know, um, and have kept me going forward. In fact, today I just got off a call with um, the AD at USF. I announced last Tuesday I was going to try to get 70 kids to a game. And uh, on Twitter, the, the, the AD replied, email me and we'll figure it out. And today uh, we were able to secure those tickets. So now we're going to, yeah, so one of the games uh, in two weeks, we're going to bring at least 70 kids to a college football game in Tampa, Florida. So, I mean, I I, honestly, this is, I call it my last semester of college debt Um, (laughs) while I'm chasing chasing my dream, which is uh, to to meet people and tell good stories across the country.
3: So uh, you can follow Ben's journey at Ben G chase on Twitter. Uh, I'm 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 more of a tweeter. Are you on the other stuff, Ben? The Instagram and all that good okay. stuff too.
12: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm on. Uh, uh, they're all the same handle at ben It's Chase. Right. on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I was doing some YouTube at the beginning, but I just don't have time because I'm driving. Like this week, I'm I'm driving 62 hours just to get to three games. It's a, it's actually a lighter week as far as games go, but it's a heavy week for driving. And uh, I actually. Right now, I have 71 games on my outline, but because of this uh, commitment to these kids, I may have to drop one just for logistics. So we'll be at 70. But, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't really care about the record as much as uh, just uh, meeting good people and telling good stories. Uh, and about I think college football brings people together more than any other uh, sport or anything in our country, including politics and religion. And, and I'm kind of living that right now. You know, t- tomorrow's game 35, and then the ECU BYU game will be 36. And, you know, at this point, out of thirty-five games, I've only paid for seven tickets.
3: <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, ben Chase joining us. Ben, have you been uh, to a game in the state of North Carolina this year?
12: Uh, I believe I have. Let me think. <laughs> I went to a Charlotte, Yeah, yeah. I went to Charlotte uh, for my fourth game of the season. Oh
9: wow! Okay. That.
12: Yeah, and that's the first coach that unfortunately I've seen uh, lose his job. It was the William and Mary game, week one, and I believe. That may be the only game I've seen in the state of North Carolina, but I have, yeah, so at least I did one there.
3: Yeah, okay, 10-4. Well, we hope to get you here in Greenville uh, sometime. That'd be fun to to have uh, you here in attendance for an East Carolina game. East Carolina and Florida played a couple of times in a very short span. They played in a bowl game. What was it the Birmingham Bowl? And then East Carolina went to the Swamp, and we remember it because the Pirates had the ball driving, a chance to tie the game and uh blake kemp fumbled the ball had zay jones there but dropped the ball do, do you do you know anything about east carolina at all ben
12: yeah i mean i remember you guys giving us some heart attacks and you know i've seen the pirates uh do well you guys just had a who's who's your most famous famous quarterback and that's been like in the in the league
3: uh jeff blake david garrard yeah we've had a few yeah garrard,
12: that's who it was yeah yeah yeah, because yeah. you know i i'm from orlando so I, i'm a bucks fan but i follow uh the jags even though they're, they're the tortured franchise of florida uh but yeah so i mean i, I have a, a little bit of awareness but not like you know i i'm i would say that i'm a closet ucf fan at times so i know you guys have had battles with them but uh besides that not like heavily uh tapped into everything going on in pirate nation
3: yeah hopefully they'll put on a good show for you uh coming up friday night coming off uh, actually a beat down over ucf snapped a long losing streak to the Knights on Saturday. So Pirates are playing pretty well, one-two in a row, and uh, one more win from bowl eligibility. Uh, we're talking to Ben Chase. Ben, uh, let's get some uh, superlatives here. How about your um, your favorite, we'll go favorite stadium uh, you've entered so far this season?
12: Sure. So it's, it's kind of hard because, like, <clears throat> you know, I've been to, you know, 34 different stadiums now. I would say that the most surprising stadium was Texas State, which you would, you're would you not going to like believe it, but, like, they had, you know, if I'm going to take a family of, like, from 4 to 84 or 94, they have everything you need. They have, you know, uh, Ch- Texas tradition from, like, chanting and everything. They have a beer garden, a bounce house. They have a uh, petting zoo. They have photo booths, all for free included in entry. Uh, so, like, that's, like, for an uh, in-game experience, uh, like, that's, like, for the whole family, I'd say that. As far as, like, experience from, like, a high level, I mean – uh, it's hard to be like a whiteout at Penn state. This last weekend was pretty incredible. Uh, the maze out, I would, uh, the, the uh, Alabama at Texas was probably the most competitive game, uh, in a college, like actual college town that I've been to. Uh, so those are probably some of the top ones for sure. Uh,
3: I, I mean, I hate to get negative here. Is there a, uh, a bad stadium you've attended, uh, an, an <laughs> unpleasant experience through your 34 so far?
12: <laughs> I would say that logistically, um, alabama at austin was like probably the the biggest logistical nightmare uh even though the experience from like the game was great uh a lot of people it wasn't just me the people around me said that in the third quarter they're like we haven't had this many people in the stadium uh, this late in the game in like over a decade and i could and it was also the hottest day on the trip i had a lot of emts uh like on the upper bowl like taking care of people so like I, and then I asked, like, three different people. No one knew it, where my section was. So I think logistically that was probably the most difficult, even though, like, the experience overall was very memorable because it was a competitive game.
3: Ben Chase joining us. He is uh, chasing – is this a record if you can attend 70? Is there a record? Do you know, uh, Ben?
12: Yeah, so so the record is uh, – on a, it's a specifically a road trip record. So, okay. Uh, it's the mo- most games uh, in a college football season all on the road. It was uh, set by two brothers in 2015. They went to – 50 games and right now my outline has me going to 71 games mm. and i don't have a, i don't have a brother with me to drive i'm driving it all you know uh you know by myself here in my my van betty white is a 2017 dodge grand caravan and uh yeah it's just she's the real mvp she's putting on all these miles and i've given over probably 26,000 miles since week zero and yeah it's, it's so the right so I, <clears throat> i'm pretty sure i'm going to smash the record as long as betty holds up here for the next three or four weeks
3: Shout out, Betty White. All right, uh, Ben, how about uh, we take pride in our tailgating around here? I think you will not be seeing that Friday. Uh, from what I understand, the Cougar uh, faithful do not tailgate. They just show up, cheer, and go home. Uh, how about best tailgating experiences so far?
12: Yeah, so I, I, uh, I'm actually going to start at Charlotte. You know, um, you know, you wouldn't expect that. But, you know, I was invited to a tailgate at an ambulance called the Normulance. And they had some really cool traditions already set up. They take a shot. They have a giant like shot ski, but it's an axe because of the the Niners. And they have a uh, uh, an hour before the game time. They take shots of gold slugger, but it's dyed green because again, that's their their colorway. They had a a drinko plinko uh, thing where th- you put a little ball in and it decides one of six shots. And then obviously an ambulance that you party out of is pretty fun. Uh, <clears throat> I I mean, I'm biased. I'm a Gator, so I'll just say that uh, there's a, a, a tailgate there called. <clears throat> oh crap! What's the Official name of it, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Uh, the Harmonic Woods Tailgate is always an epic one. There, they they do like a crazy, like a musical festival, basically in the woods. And then I would say there was a from a private standpoint at, uh, in Austin. There's this this uh, tailgate called the Horns Ball, and you, you can just show up, pay fifty or sixty bucks, all you can eat, all you can drink. They have bachelor party reserve areas where you can book like your alcohol in advance. Like I've met people from. New, New Jersey, a, a bachelor bar that just flew in. None of them had ties to uh, UT Austin or Alabama. They were just there to have a good time. And they had, like, a shot ski lounge, like a luge that you, like, they just poured. I was like, oh, COVID is definitely over right now. Just like <laughs> nice luge. Uh, and so, like, those are probably some of the top ones. Uh, I've, I've been to I've, I've been to some pretty, like, uh, like, high-end tailgates, too, like, out of buses and stuff, but those are probably the most memorable
3: from different skills. So, Ben, when you show up, how many out of the 34 previous stops have you at least been in contact, like, known somebody to talk to when you get there, and, and how many have you gone just completely solo where you, you don't know any, anybody? So, like, you know, are you meeting up with people at these spots?
12: So, like, at the beginning, so, like, the first two games of the season, I just walked up to tailgates and said, hey, do you guys have an extra? And that included backyard brawl, uh, West Virginia, Pittsburgh. And you know, someone, uh, an hour before the game the tickets were $183. And I was like, all right, well, I guess this is the first game I buy tickets for. And I went up to one tailgate. The first people I asked, I was like, Hey, do you have an extra ticket? And they go, yeah, we do. We were going to sell it for $600, but you can have it. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like, I, it, 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 does, it just depends like on the day, like in the last, the last two weeks, uh, this the the story has kind of like been amplified. You know, Friday night at the Western Kentucky game, I had like a an in-game feature, which is kind of crazy. They reached out to me, CBS Sports Network, and I was like, "Hey, do you? We'd love for you to be a part of our show." Uh, so like, uh, they did like a, a during the game, just kind of like a feature on me. But most, I mean, I would say at this point, it's like fifty-fifty. I like, I actually enjoy freestyling. Basically, my trad- so I have three rules on the road. Uh, every game I go to, I buy a shirt and hat of the home team. So sorry. On Friday, I will be wearing uh, the BYU colors and, and and Cougar colors. And then uh, I give the hat away to people that, that have contributed on the road. So I actually have a backlog of hats I got to mail out. Uh, if someone offers me a drink, I have to take it, and I stay to the end of every game. So like a lot of people are like, "Oh, like is he just like you know puddle hop in from game to game?" No, like I stay to the end of every game. I have a selfie at the end of every game at double zeros, like in the stadium. So uh, and I've done five double Saturdays. So I've done the. Five, five Saturdays. I've gone to two different games, and all five of those game, all five of those days, I did not miss the kickoff at the second game. So, like, I'm pretty dialed in when it comes to Saturdays. Uh, uh, and I, yeah, so that's kind of like my system.
3: Awesome stuff. Ben Chase joining us uh, somewhere in Montana on the way to Pullman, Washington. Correct for Washington State tomorrow night, and then uh, it'll be East BYU on Friday, and then Saturday, Pac-12, SEC, Arizona. Is that right?
12: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, I actually, like I said, I pay rent in Tucson, so I got a credit card waiting for me in my mailbox. That's kind of the reason I'm going back there.
3: <laughs> oh, that's, that's good stuff, man. So uh, I'd, I'd ask you what the future holds for you, but uh sounds like you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants. So whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
12: I got 75 days to the national championship, uh, not that I'm counting. And then after that, you know, uh, I, I'm going to kind of figure it out from there. Does your
3: 70 include bowl games? 71?
12: Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So okay. At the end of the season, I'll have 57 or 58 during gotcha. the regular season, plus like 13 to 14 for the Bulls. So I may see you guys in a bowl game.
3: Yeah, it could be. Uh, Pirates, one win away from that sixth win, could get it Friday night against BYU. And Ben Chase and Betty White, the van, will be there to witness it all that's awesome stuff well ben we'll let you uh get back on the road and uh enjoy it man enjoy this uh this great country you've been driving through and these awesome football games and we'll uh maybe we'll catch up with you again man this is a cool story so we'll keep following you
12: oh i'm super grateful thanks guys and uh i, I wish you guys the the best and i like i expect to see you in a bowl game this, this fall or this winter
3: all right there is ben chase joining us pit electric live line as he is uh, chasing the dream. Pretty cool. Uh, driving around the country, going to college football games. He'll see East Carolina and BYU in person coming up on Friday night. We'll be with you 4 o'clock Friday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate, taking you up to that 8 o'clock kickoff. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go on Pirate Radio Live. We'll hear uh, some of Blake Harrell, what he had to say yesterday at his press conference when we return on PRL after this.
1: listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
6: Welcome back. Uh, Take a look at your stock market report. The Dow was up two points. Closed out the day at 31,839. NASDAQ was down 228 points at 10, thousand nine hundred seventy and the s&p was down 28 points as well at three thousand eight hundred thirty that's your wells fargo advisors financial report for a personal look into investing call wells fargo advisors today at 756-6900 in greenville wells fargo advisors llc member sipc now let's have it back into the show here's Cliff.
3: <laughs> all right back with you pirate radio live. not that i'm really complaining but my goodness washington has fallen off the map quite literally i was looking at the local tv schedule for this weekend your cbs early game will be pittsburgh at philadelphia your fox early game will be carolina at atlanta and your fox late game will not be washington at indianapolis here in north carolina it'll be san francisco at la so can't even get the commanders here Uh, when they are available to get when they aren't going up against the Panthers it'll be uh, San Fran LA as the games uh, this weekend locally Uh, Shirley turned me on to a stat to consider she turned me on to a stat to consider the stat to consider did I stutter
7: I didn't say nothing
3: this is Greg Rubel play by play voice of BYU uh, letting the folks over there know How good this receiving core is. He says, East Carolina wide receiver Isaiah Winstead is one of only three, count them, three FPS players with 50 catches and 800 plus receiving yards. ECU is one of only two FPS schools with multiple players, 650 plus receiving yards. Winstead, and of course, CJ Johnson.
5: Huge.
3: Welcome back, Chandler.
5: Huge flex.
3: Who's flexing? ECU. Oh. And Isaiah Winstead. That he is. All right, that's uh, offense. Let's talk some defense. Let's hear what Blake Harrell had to say yesterday at the weekly press conference as he met with the media.
11: Coach, uh, short turnaround, do you feel like from a game plan perspective, prep perspective, you're already caught up or still
13: kind of catch up? No, I I think we're caught up. I mean, our our coaches and the sports staff and analysts and GAs have done a really good job just preparing for this and... Um, you know there's, at this point in season two you kind of start building your package and you kind of hey what can we get to that our kids really feel really good about really know can play really fast and physical and go play the way we want to play so you don't want to overload them get them thinking too much that'll slow them down um, and then you take the looks that you think are their top looks and you make sure you're practicing it make sure you're preparing for what we call their fastballs and, and make sure you're just sitting on on those and and ready to play those. So that's what we've done. And uh, just I was actually talking with the coaches out there just then and just say, hey, what what other looks is we need to show them that we need to possibly be prepared for. Um, and at this point in the season, two, you know, game whatever it is, you feel like you've seen so much, so many different offenses that you can combine. Hey, remember what we saw against Memphis or Tulane or UCF? That kind of pull that back out and hey, this is what what it, who is similar to. So just really good recall from our guys over the. Over the, this course of this week of just hey similar opponents of you know uh, this p- particular scheme uh, pass play all that kind of stuff and pulling it out so they did a really nice job of that. Another week,
9: another
11: challenge, quarterback.
13: Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, one day you'll quit saying that. <laughs> you know, um, you know I, I think he's a really good quarterback. He's he's uh, really good arm talent and really special kid. And I know um, I I'd heard some guys in the preseason say he's better than the kids with the Jets. Um, I don't know. I'm not an NFL quarterback guru, but I think he's pretty good. And uh, we, he certainly got our attention and our respect. So we, we got to do a good job with him. I thought Liberty did a nice job getting pressure on him. Uh, that was probably his worst game of his career. Um, so we'll probably try to replicate some things they did, hopefully. Um, but you got to look at the other games that he played really well in. And, um, you know, threw for almost 400 yards against University of Arkansas and did some really nice job against Notre Dame. So those are the games that he's played well in. And you got to go back and uh, why do you play well in those games? And what can you take away from him? What do we got to take away from him? So certainly a challenge. Um, you know, but we got we to go out there and, and take, take care of us and, and do things we do well.
9: They've
11: had some injuries to their skilled guys. It's still they're kind of in and out. But when they are healthy, they got some NFL guys. So what challenges does
13: that create? Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's, it's probably a little bit, bit of a tough piece from a game plan perspective is, hey, if 18's in there, if zero's in there, if, if 12's in there, uh, 83, you know, all those guys combined, like, which which combination are you going to get? And then who do they want to get the ball to? You know, 12 was, was back full speed and healthy last week, and I think he touched the ball uh, about 15 times out of 30-something snaps that he was in the game. So he was definitely a focal point of their offense. Um, you know, if, if zero's healthy and he's in there, then maybe he gets a few more touches. Maybe if he's not in there, maybe 12 gets him. If 18 comes back, then, then obviously some of the touches go to him. So... Um, and if two, if two, same thing in the backfield, if two's back there um, in full speed, you know, how many touches is he going to get, so that that's a little bit of a guessing game from a uh, personnel perspective is you know, exactly where they're trying to spread the ball to, you kind of know their base run game their base pass game, but who are their top targets, and, and I think some of it too is just a system, um, whoever happens to be in there, 27 and 20 are both good ball players, the tight ends are good players, um, so we got to, you know you got to keep your eyes on all of them. Know where them all of them's at. Obviously, with twelve and zero, eighteen's around. You dang better sure know where they are.
6: You had an outstanding performance defense-wise last Saturday. How do you kind of grow off of that and take it to
13: Utah? You know, I think anytime you go play well, it builds confidence with with your uh, with your program, with your team, and with our defensive unit. And I think it's are certainly doing that. Um, you know, I thought we played pretty well against Memphis uh, until until last drive. I think we only gave up like twenty or twenty-three points, whatever it was there. And, and felt really good about it, and then uh, carried that in UCF. So you can see, hey, each and every week uh, the confidence grows, and if we can c- continue to do that and get off to a good start in Utah, uh, then I think that confidence will even grow more and, and we can we can get to where we want to be.
3: Blake Harrell, more from Coach Harrell, more from Donnie Kay on Thursday's edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll also have Tony Dunn in. we will make our NFL picks. Touchdown, Tony Collins, Troy D., have a lot of fun on thursday show our last pirate radio live of the week but of course we will be with you friday on the bud light pre-game tailgate taking you up to the eight o'clock kickoff we'll kick it off four o'clock on friday thanks for tuning in today chan man's back with
5: jesse jesse's back and chan man's back but what is most important is that jesse's back the old jeep Back in my arms. Beep,
3: beep. Who got the keys to my Jeep? Shirley, CJ, Chandler, we'll see you fine folks Thursday, 3 o'clock on an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. We're off to Minji's madness.
1: So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.